0: Hi. Good morning, boy. This is weird. This is very, very weird. Where's my camera? I'm over here now. Hi. Hello. Hey, Glenn Clark here. Um, I think this is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio, and I say I think because, hey, man, you know, anything could happen over the course of the next couple of hours. Let's just be honest about it. It could be a awkward couple of hours, but uh, hopefully, it is Glenn Clark Radio. Hopefully. Everything is working okay. John Colson tells me for now it's working okay, but John, that's because we haven't added any other elements to it yet. Right now it's just us. And if that's all you want is just me and maybe Griffin and his his newly found facial hair. Um, which I gotta you know, I, I think I'm okay with it, by the way, pal. I think I think I'm good with it. At least for now. We'll see. I might change my mind about that in the future. If that's all you want, we think we're capable of giving you that. That's what I know. Right now, I think I can give you me and Griffin the porn star. That's what I think I can give you. Have you have you thought about dabbling at all? Maybe moonlighting uh, moon in, in another capacity? You no, know? I haven't thought about that. I wouldn't rule it out is all I'm saying, pal. Okay, I would just you. not. I,
1: I, I'm going to take that as a compliment. I would
0: not dismiss it as a potential option for well, you. I, that's why You're I still kept... a very young man. You still have everything in front of you. I know your experience here. You got to be thinking to yourself, well, "How could I leave all this, the glamorous life, over at Glen Clark Radio?" But I would just think about it. Is all I'm saying. I would consider the possibility right. well, that well, maybe pornography could be a, a route for you. Well, that's why
1: I kept like the uh, you know the little the little beard here, to, so so it's not a full. You know, well... Full mustache. But it's
0: the it's the stash that stands out. Okay. It, well, I it, mean, that is kind of what going for. It doesn't have the same impact otherwise. Just, just keep it in mind. That's okay. all I'm saying. Keep okay. it in mind. Um, we believe we are capable of giving you this. Now, what we don't know yet is are we capable of giving you commercials? Now, I know you might say to yourself, hey, that's not what I'm tuned in for. Well, today could be your lucky day because we don't know. We just don't know. We'll find out. We also don't know if we're capable of giving you uh, a guess. So we're kind of soft- launching today Um, we have we have not booked like a full show we've got a couple of folks that are scheduled to join us and um, people that we don't think will be terribly offended if for whatever reason it doesn't work out people don't we we don't think we're going to chase away forever um, in the process so maybe some of the bigger fish that we've been uh, chasing we might uh, hold off on those and hopefully some of those guys will join us later in the week as we get a few more kinks Worked out uh, kinks. Let's keep that in mind for your <laughs> next career. Think about that, Griffin. Writing it down. Um, we will be talking plenty of Orioles, obviously, during the course of the morning. Uh, Joe Doyle from. Um, oh man, I've already forgotten where Joe Doyle. Uh, is Prospects from. Live. Thank you, Prospects Live. The, the director of the MLB draft coverage for Prospects Live and a uh, certified scout. He's going to join us here in a bit. We will get his thoughts on what it is the Orioles have done so far in the MLB draft. And speaking of the draft. A Baltimore native and a Curly alum, Tyler Locklear from VCU. He was selected in the second round by the Mariners. We will check in with Tyler Locklear uh, to talk to him about his uh, draft experience and now getting his pro career started. So, hi. Hi, I'm Glenn. It's been a while. It's been a while. As uh, Aaron Lewis once upon, it's been a while since I could. We as a nation still need to apologize for the fact that we allowed that part of our history to ever occur where we let stained become a thing. It's, you might say, a stained on our nation. I'm good now, right? That's all I needed to do today? That's, that's no. Um, it's been a long couple of weeks, and I, I'll just spend a couple of minutes on it here at the top. One, this was not our intent to, when, as of three months ago, the plan wasn't to go to nearly two and a half weeks without doing a show. The reality is that um, I had the opportunity to work with ESPN to call the uh, Women's Lacrosse World Championship. That was an amazing event a couple weeks ago. hope some of you got out to support it. Uh, there were some great crowds for some of the U.S. games at Towson University. Um, and once it became clear that I was going to be doing 15 games over the span of a week... It was just not really plausible to attempt to do a show at the same time. We would have had to move the timing of the show and then, you know, rain's coming through. Who knows if the game's going to be moved around. It just really wasn't plausible. And so with in concert with us moving out of Hamden and moving here to our new, uh, we've got to get some stuff on the walls. We've got to decorate this place Maybe somehow. the uh, Baltimore Oh, right, sun. That, that Best of Baltimore yeah. I lost to a show that doesn't exist plaque, which, by the way, they've sent me – Eight more emails about the day asking if I'm sure I don't want it. Are you sure you don't want this plaque? For those of you that don't know, uh, the show was up for uh, Best Sports Talk Show. I was up for Best Radio Personality, and I don't even think I got honorable mention for that one. I think I came in like 13th place or something like that. I don't even know who won. Um, We were also up for Best Sports Radio Show, and it was the weirdest category in the history of humanity. Because there were three nominees, and only one of them was a sports radio show. And that one didn't win either. So there were us, which, you know, we call ourselves Glenn Clark Radio, but you all know we're not, this show is not on the radio. Yes, I do radio over at 105.7, but this show is not on the radio. This is an internet sports show. Um, There was the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 with our friend Jeremy Kahn and Ed and Rob, and that decidedly is a sports radio program, also nominated. And then the third nominee and the winner in the category was the Jerry Sandusky sports show on WBAL radio, which does not exist. There is no such thing. I I don't even know how long ago you would have to go to to remember when Jerry Sandusky did a call-in show on WBAL. I, I think at least 20 years, 15 years, something like that. It's it's been an eternity since such a show existed, but according to the Baltimore Sun, it is the best sports radio show in Baltimore, and so we're gonna have to just deal with that, man. Well, I don't... Show one, yes, that one, that one. Okay. So I I can't decide if it would be more embarrassing to just simply not be nominated. Like I don't know how it is that say uh, uh, Jason and Ken or Bob and Vinny feel. That, like, weren't nominated to actually do sports radio shows? Like, I don't know how they feel. We were nominated, which was lovely, and I appreciated the gesture, but boy, did it ring hollow when we lost to a show that doesn't exist. Now, to be fair, I voted for Jeremy, I voted for the 1057 show, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but yes, the Baltimore Sun has emailed me no fewer than 10 times. Somebody associated with the Baltimore I don't think it's the actual Baltimore Sun, I think it's somebody they partnered with, has emailed me no fewer than 10 times asking if I want a plaque to recognize, and by the way, I don't have to get the real plaque, I could get a digital plaque, which isn't real at all, and it would only cost me $75 for a digital plaque to recognize the time we lost to
1: a show that, doesn't exist we could, we could probably like superimpose it onto the stream and then and we could just like yeah have it in the corner couldn't we just like, like
0: copy the picture that oh they yeah, sent the mock-up better. and we don't have to pay for it Can we, you know, i mean i'm not encouraging people to steal other people's work but like seriously i mean they've spanned me with enough emails at this point that i feel like i wouldn't feel all that bad about it <sighs> yeah we need some stuff on the wall so yeah we were moving to towson and between me working for espn and the move It was just sort of a collective decision that was made that, hey, we should probably, um, you know, take the week off, and that'll buy us some time to get things situated. Now, here's the funny thing about that. We couldn't get things situated. And there's no individual, there's no one to blame in this process. That's the reality. And it also backed up to I was scheduled to be away for a week on vacation. I was supposed to go on a cruise with my entire family. That got nixed. I mean, I went on the cruise, but it was just my son and I. It's a long story if you guys weren't following along on social media. Um, My five-year-old is vaccinated, but they said he wasn't. It's a crazy bit. It's just hilarious. The cruise company, great folks. I'm not going to trash companies on this show because who knows when they might want to spend money with us. But um, I would not personally be looking to use Festival Cruise. You know what I mean? The, The old place that... You know, it it looks like a good time, like a state fair, that thing. I probably wouldn't use that company for my cruising because my son turned five in June. And what we did is immediately when he got uh, when he turned five, we went and got him vaccinated because he he couldn't get vaccinated before five. That wasn't allowed. I think that might have changed. But I don't know. It's no longer relevant to me. So I, I don't pay attention to it. That's the way it works in my life um but when he turned five we said we'll go ahead and get that boy vaccinated so that he can go on this cruise with us and that funny thing they were like no he has to have been vaccinated for two weeks and i said well that's weird because that's literally impossible based on when his birthday was and they were like ah tough all right there's there's not there's gotta be there's gotta be some mistake you see he literally could not get vaccinated in time he's five he is vaccinated. He got his second shot. It's time for us to get on the cruise. And they were like, no, it's not. Yeah, get bent. Tell your five-year-old to go screw. Oh, they did suggest to me we could just leave him home. That was a suggestion that was made by someone who represented the Carnival. Carnival. Hey, Glenn, what you're not understanding is it's only Samuel who's not allowed to come. He could just stay behind. To which I said, oh, great point. I didn't think about that. We can just leave him with the dog, right? Like the five-year-old and the dog. They could do like a buddy cop picture for a week. See how things go. That's a thank you, uh, Joe Carnival. Thank you. That's a hell of a suggestion you made. I don't know why I didn't think of that earlier. Get bent. Um, so at two weeks. Two weeks I was scheduled to be gone, and the idea is we are going to get everything loaded and set up. And unfortunately, there are a few different things that happened here not the least of which and I'm sure plenty of you in this area uh, understand that one of our gripes is with the folks at Comcast. Uh, it's just you're not going to believe this, but uh, I did say I wasn't going to trash companies. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you're not going to believe this, but things didn't get installed when they were supposed to be installed. I know that's crazy. I know you can't believe that a company with that sterling reputation Wouldn't have gotten things taken care of when they needed to get taken care of. I know you find that to be unbelievable, but it's true. So here we are, trying to do a show. We will see how it goes. I can't make any promises. At some point, it's possible that I'll look at Griffin and say, Griffin, pull the plug. And what I'm not saying is pull the plug on the show. I'm just saying pull the plug on all of it. Just let's go Go ahead. He and I will both go into pornography. We'll both find new ways, new directions for our lives. Um, we'll pull the plug on all of it. That's the way that it'll go. I don't know. We'll see. Thankfully, while I was gone, it wasn't like there was anything to talk about. It wasn't like the best stretch of baseball in my life was occurring or anything along those lines.
1: They almost kept us off the air.
0: Yeah, I did. Well, as it turns out, maybe it would have been. Maybe that actually would have helped us. Uh, I should probably do a read because I don't know if we can play commercials or not. Hey, today's show is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Uh, You want somewhere to be for the All Star Game tonight, so you can make. And they got plenty of props available for the All Star Game tonight in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. It's always the best place to be for big events, and start thinking about where you want to have your fantasy draft, what your football. Where your regular spots are going to be during football season. If you want to get together on Thursday nights with your buddies and watch football games. By the way, this is the first year that, like, you know, you can't watch it on TV. You have to watch it on Amazon, which I'm sure most of you are capable of casting your Amazon to your television. I, of course, live in the middle of nowhere, so it is not an option for me, but... um, I'll figure out a way to watch Thursday night games, and what I might do is take my Thursday nights and go down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel and use the 61 self-service kiosks to get all my bets in for every game. Um, there's there's so much to unpack. Yes, as Griffin alluded to, I I kind of casually threw out there when I got on the boat last week, and what was the streak at at that point? Seven? Eight? I guess, I guess
1: so. I can't remember. But, yeah, it seemed – well, yeah, because they only Seven? won two more. In Chicago, and yeah. then they lost
0: the opener. and So it must have been eight, yeah. I guess. when After the Sunday game, I was I was sitting in the terminal watching the Sunday and By the way, after everything I had been through with the cruise, on top of that, the night before, I said to my wife, all right, because we finally agreed this is what we are going to do is I was going to take my seven-year-old on the cruise. And I said, okay, well, now I need my passport. I need his passport. And she's like, hey, no problem. Uh, They're downstairs. And I'm like, okay. And she tells me where they are, and I go get them. I've got my passport. I've got his passport. Funny thing about that is, for whatever reason, she had saved my old expired passport. So I get to the terminal to get on the cruise, and I hand them the passport, and they say, uh, yeah, this ain't going to work. Everything I've already been through, everything that I have been through in the 48 hours leading up to this moment, I about
2: snapped.
0: Called my wife, said Mrs. Clark,
2: what in the ever-loving hell is this?
0: She had to race down to the terminal with my actual passport. Whew, oh boy, we had we had ourselves a week. Anyway, so at, I'm watching the game. That was the Peacock game, and I'm watching it on my app there uh, sitting in the terminal, and I say to myself, I can't
3: believe, I can't believe
0: the Orioles have won eight in a row. I'm like, I, I don't even have the ability to talk about it. <laughs> like, I mean, I can talk about it on Twitter. I can, you know, do whatever I'm going to do. I this is the most insane thing that could have ever happened when we decided we were going to take a short break from doing the program. People are gonna be mad at me if they keep winning. I'm I must be the problem here. <laughs> as soon as I go off the air, they win eight games in a row. What the hell's going on here? So I jokingly took to social media and said, Well, look, man, if the win streak's still going, we won't come back. We'll do our part. We'll stay off the air until they, they lose a game. We'll make sure that we're not the ones who mess up the juju. And I firmly believe that we should all do our part in these situations. I've said this for some time. Like, whenever something's going on, we do our part. It's the same way, like, if you watch a football game and the Ravens are getting their butts kicked and your buddies are all hanging out in the basement and they're like, all right, we got to switch seats. I'm a big believer in that. Do your part. Whatever it is that you can do, don't do your part. And when it's going right, don't mess with it. Whenever we have um, a guest on who's, like, mired in a wind streak or something like that, we'll say, what are you eating? What is it that you're having for breakfast every day? don't screw with that you're right it probably has nothing to do with your success but it might i don't know how it is that us not being on the air was correlating with the orioles winning a bunch of games but i wasn't gonna mess with it i knew that much so i said orioles keep winning we'll stay off the air and then they added a couple more (laughs) wins and i'm like oh my god we might really not be able to come back on the air we might really not be able to do the show now, as it turns out. We, we actually weren't able to do the show, and maybe we could have used the three day break. Um, what was I talking about? The Orioles. That's what I was, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm all over the place. I'm, just, sorry. I'm sorry. They're they're
1: good, I guess.
0: Um. So okay, so let's 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 kind of bring it back to reality. It's Glenn Clark Radio. We're sort of back. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Um. The Orioles, of course, sit at the All Star break. Ask me what I think about the Home Run Derby last
1: night, by the way, Griffin. Uh, what do you think? Anyway, so the Orioles said the all big All-Star night for ber- Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny was all over ESPN. Uh, his music was getting played. I am he, was handi- he was handing off the trophy. I am convinced there is more than one Bad Bunny. I'm he's everywhere? Yeah. I am convinced.
2: Because
0: that human is everywhere. He's a WWE wrestler. He's a... Apparently, and again, I wouldn't know, but he's apparently the most popular musician
1: on the face of the planet. He very much so is. I listen to him a lot, actually. Good f- I, I love his good, music. Good I saw him in concert earlier this year. God bless. <laughs> Do you speak the... Uh, no, my best friend is my best friend's El Salvadoran, and he okay. convinced me. He, he put me on his music, and I was like, you know what? This stuff
0: it It might it be incredible. I don't know. And, uh, I don't know. I've, I've listened to, like, two songs ever. I'm going to slowly learn Spanish. Good for you. Good for it will help in your future career. You yeah. could be a bilingual pornographer, which I think <laughs> I think is the demand that the industry has been looking for they've been looking for uh, more bilingual uh, performers so um guy good for bad bunny I got nothing else to put itonzo lost I, everybody was apparently they cheated Kosh Werber out of a home run or something like that. The uh, counter appeared more. to be the counter appeared to be an issue like Juan Soto had apparently already won.
1: Yeah, they were pretty and much like the, letting every single guy hit the, an extra home run, basically. The, bro- the, the broadcasters knew that he had won. And they're still trying to do the thing where, like, the umpire behind the plate stops the pitcher. And, like, you, like they're supposed to wait until the ball lands. Okay. And they, everyone just always ignores that. So they're... Oh, it was very clear. Nobody was...
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, this is a... What a weird bit. The home run derby's dumb. Uh, uh, by know. the way, I, also, I, not, not a single one of them crossed home plate, so none of those <laughs> home runs count. And, uh, look, man, I don't mean to be a stickler for the rules, but everybody's tied at zero, and they have to do a home run derby to break the tie. Um... So and I don't care about the home run derby. Is the point that I'm trying to make? I'm, I, I'm sorry. Uh, like when Trey was in it last year, because it was Trey, I, I kind of poked at it, and that, but I still couldn't even get work. You can't get. When I was a kid, of course, I loved yeah. the home run derby because everybody loves the home run derby when you're a kid. And then at some point, you wake up and you're like, it's a home run derby.
1: I, I mean, I always go into it thinking All right, I'll probably watch maybe the first round, but I ended up watching the whole thing last night. I don't know. Well,
0: you're also 20. You know, like you're you're in the wheelhouse of. <laughs> What else were you going to do? By the way, this is a straight <laughs> shoot, too. We were working on trying to get thing, the studio set up yesterday. I said to Griffin, I'm like, because Griffin d- doesn't work full-time with us. He's on a more part hourly capacity. I said, well, how long can you work today? And he was like, well, I just got to be back for the Home Run Derby. And I, <laughs> there were so many things going on that I didn't even have time to deal with that sentence. I didn't even have time to deal
1: with what a human being had just told me, that they needed to plan their day Around the Home Run Derby. Well, it was like kind of half a joke, and then I turned it on, and I was like, you know what? I'm glad I got (laughs) back home in time for the Home Run Derby. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: All-Star games tonight. Baltimore native Shane McClanahan starting for the American League. I bet most of us didn't know that because I do this for a living and didn't know that until the stories came out about how excited he was to meet Jim Palmer on Friday night. I was like, well, that's weird. Why does Shane McClanahan care so much about Jim Palmer? He, he only lived here for the first five years of his life. He's, he is a Baltimore native, but it's a very minimal Baltimore native. He moved when he was five and he ended up going to Florida. But we're going to count him. We're, we're, we're taking credit for it. Baltimore native Shane McClanahan getting the start for the AL. Um, so the Orioles are at 500 at the All-Star break, which is preposterous. I said something about this on Sunday. Um, I, 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 ironically, I was back in time that I could have done my radio show, but I didn't know that I was going to be back in time that I could do the radio show, so Cordell helped uh, read it out on Sunday. And I called in, and it's just it's unbelievably preposterous to me that we got to the Sunday of the MLB draft, and the Orioles had the number one pick, and it was in no ways the most important thing or the lead story to discuss related to the Orioles. And if you had told me that, it's not even if you had told me that in April, it's if you had told me that six weeks ago, that would have been insane. This is bonkers. And measuring it is so very difficult. The job of a columnist is often to provide context, right? We don't really need sports columnists. But yet I do it anyway because I don't have any other appreciable skills. So my attempt is to provide some amount of context, some amount of thought to what it is that we're watching. And it's difficult because it's hard to not be swept up in what it is that's happening with the Orioles, despite the fact they lost 2-3 to, to the Rays over the weekend. It's hard to not be swept up in it. It's insane what's occurring how do you measure that against, it's the macro versus micro conversation that I often have on this show. The micro is, they're in this. They are competing in the American League. They're very much in the conversation. The macro being, they also just had a number one overall pick in Jackson Holiday. We'll talk about that here in a bit. Those two things, it is not typical that the team that is making the number one overall pick in the draft is also a team that's in the mix competing for the postseason. That's not the way it works in baseball. I don't know what's going to happen with the Baltimore Orioles. And... I think if we're being honest with ourselves, what we need to say, and I wrote about this for PressBoxOnline.com this week, is that it's very unlikely that the Orioles can continue on a pace that would put them into the postseason. And the reason we say that is because it was very unlikely that they could do this. The response would be, yeah, but they did. They did do this. And particularly given their pace that if you separate how bad they were to start the season from how well they've played, the pace says they should absolutely be a team that's competing or in the postseason. We still have to deal with the on-paper thing. You still have to deal with the can can you really hold this up with this starting rotation? Really? The answer back from some might be, well, maybe D.L. Hall could help that. And there's ever been an argument for tipping pitches being a problem, Jesus Christ. But D.L. Hall's numbers have been since he apparently figured out that he was tipping pitches bonkers. Bonkers. I mean, this is crazy. We're, again, not that far removed from us sitting here saying, yeah, well, it doesn't look like D.L. Hall is going to be the answer because you've been looking at his numbers down in AAA. We can talk about him next year, but maybe not this year. And all of a sudden, he comes out and says, yeah, I I figured out that I was tipping pitches and is literally unhittable. So perhaps D.L. Hall could help that. Perhaps. The reality is the offense isn't very good. That's the craziest part about where they are. The part of the team that we thought could be like, hey, they might not be very good, but they could score some runs. They're the bottom third of baseball in offensive production. That probably has to improve because it's, again, hard to fathom the pitching holding up. Can it improve? Yeah, there's reason to think that, like, say, maybe, you know, Cedric Mullins could be even a little bit better. And again, the the recent... Track that we've seen from Adley Rutchman suggests that you would think that he could have an even better second half than particularly what we saw for the first few weeks. There's argument that maybe you start thinking about bringing up Gunnar Henderson at some point. And all he does is keep hitting. Yes, he's young. Yes, it might not be part of the plan. But hell, if you're in a playoff race, as I've said a million times before, once you're in a playoff race, rip up whatever the plan was. Go try to do something. I. I it's still unlikely, but it was unlikely they would do this. So it is it impossible? What did Kevin Garnett say? Anything is possible. There was an old bit on the show. I, I don't remember why, but I think Kyle screwed something up once, and, and he said "impossible is nothing," and I was like, "right," like Kevin Garnett said, and so we just kept going with that. Oh, okay. I'd be like, I mean, "You don't, you don't need to. You don't need. It's it's fine. We don't need to. That that can die. We can need to come up with our own things with you, like your your pornography career. Um, it's not impossible. Of course, it's not impossible." But all of these things are things that are being weighed as the Orioles are now, what's today's date? The 19th. We're now 12 days away from having to make real decisions about what it is they do. I I have shared my opinion about Trey Mancini over and over and over and over and over again. Look, if the Orioles come out of this... So they don't play until
1: Friday, correct? That is correct. So... Gotta pack the yard against the Yankees.
0: Yeah, this should be a fun weekend to go to a baseball game, by the way. Like, you know, if, if, if... I don't know what the weather's gonna be like. It's probably gonna be hot. Probably as hot, hell. Yeah. I mean, like, if we're just being honest about it. It's probably gonna be hot as hell. But I think it's a, a Saturday night game. I don't think they're. I, I, I don't. This bit where baseball is hell bent on playing Sunday afternoon games in the summer. It's just. <clears throat> anyway, um, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So they play every day with it next week. So they have nine games. And then it's an afternoon game on the 31st. So you could say 10, but they'd have to make a decision before that game is over. Um, they have 9-10 games before the break. And if for whatever reason, everything falls apart like a Dog's Eye View song, and they go 1-9 and over that stretch, then it's easier for them to maybe fall back on whatever the decisions were going to be they were going to make before the season began. But if they don't, If they're anywhere from, you know, again, particularly considering the first seven are against the Yankees and Rays, if they continue swimming, I mean, playing 500-ish ball, there's no justification to me whatsoever for trading Trey Mancini. And I'm not going to budge on this. I'll make the argument. The argument is they're not going to win the World Series. And even a minimal return that you can get for Trey Mancini has a greater likelihood of being a part of a future World Series winner than Trey Mancini does. That's the... the Mathematically, the best argument you can make to me about why you're trading Trey Mancini is that the Orioles have, what, a 1% chance of winning a World Series this year? I mean, I think... Uh, whoever it was, ESPN still only gives them a 1.8% chance of making the playoffs. So it's it might not even be one percent of winning the world series but let's just go with that for the sake of the argument my point about trey mancini is you're just not getting much back in a return no matter how much we love trey mancini and no matter how much we think he's having a good season and he is he's still on pace to finish with less than 20 home runs and he's a positionless bat yes buck showalter loves him and probably wants him in new york but the idea that you're getting something that is significant in return for a rental Trey Mancini is bonkers. It's badass. That's my strongest argument against. You're doing something right now that could be special, that could be significant. Not winning a World Series. That's crazy. But playing relevant baseball games in September in Baltimore is insanity based on what our expectations were. And he could be a part of that versus getting something. And the best mathematical argument to make about doing it anyway is that that something might have a 1.5% chance of being part of a future World Series. And I don't even know if the math is that good, but let's just stay with it. Versus the 1% chance, if that, that Trey Mancini has this year with the Orioles. Negligible to me. And as I've said, if I'm wrong, and for whatever reason Buck is so desperate to bring Trey Mancini to New York that the Mets will give up real pieces that are close to Major League ready. I mean, that would be an insane way to run a franchise, but, you know, Bill O'Brien made trades in Houston once upon a time. If that exists, do it. I mean, if it's really going to alter your opportunity to win a World Series in the next couple of years, do everything that you can do. But short of that, it makes no sense to me. And I say the same thing about any other... When we were talking about the possibility of trading Austin Hayes, look, if you can get three major league ready prospects for Austin Hayes, fine. Do it. But making decisions based on the idea that, hey, in the future years, we might have, you know, uh, Kyle Stowers and Heston Kerstad and Colton Kowser coming. Those are called good problems to have, not problems that you need to solve now. Because unfortunately, as we've already seen with Heston Kerstad, there are also other things that can occur that can throw, off, throw you off that path. It is not a concern of mine that there might be too many outfielders at the Baltimore Orioles. Not a concern today. In the future, I can deal with that. I can make decisions I don't know who's going to work out. We all like Kyle Stowers. I don't know that Kyle Stowers is going to be a high-level major, level major League Baseball player. Believe it or not, there are other competing baseball teams that have good players on their Major League roster and good players in their system. And if you have too many, sometimes you use the guys in the system to go out and get the things that could help you in the future. Maybe instead of Austin Hayes being the trade piece, if he works as a major leaguer, you take the guy that you don't know if he's going to work and you trade him to get you some pitching. You're trying to solve problems that don't exist yet. The, the, he, the headline for my column this week at PressBoxOnline.com is it's time for the Orioles to say it's time. And my my point is a you know, small part about Trey Mancini, but it's big picture. It, it's time to declare that this isn't a rebuild anymore. It's time to take a step forward. It's time to sign someone. And it's not just because they're 500 at the All Star break, it's because we've been doing this for five years. If the Orioles don't make it to the playoffs this year, that's not a failure. Because it's insane that they have a chance. But the next couple of years should be the years. And if you're just going to trade guys away, at some point the, the risk becomes, and I'm not trying to make, I don't want to be overdramatic about Trey Mancini, but if you just keep trading players, then you're just the Miami Marlins. You're not rebuilding. You're just cheap. There's no point to it. You just, you know, Constantly don't want to pay someone when you might have to pay someone. And I have no reason to think that's what the Orioles are. I'm just, it's the point that I'm trying to make as to why at some point you need to stick your flag down and say, this is kind of who we are. And that might not be Jorge Mateo because it might be Jordan Westberg or it might be Jackson Holiday in a few years. But it's somebody. Plant the flag. Say this is who we are. It's time to say it's time. That's that's what the conversation should be. That's the direction that things should be going at this point. Um, you know, will it? Time will tell. We'll get those answers, some of them, in the next week and a half. Some of them it will still take some time. I don't know when the Orioles might sign. I don't know when the first time is they're going to extend a young player and declare that player is part of a long term plan. I don't know when that is. But it should be soon. It should be soon for this fan base. This fan base deserves to get that comfort. Hey, we're committed to something. We're committed to creating a time in which we might win. We're not we're not gonna build that around Jackson Holiday years from now. We're gonna start doing that now. And when he comes up, it's gonna be like when your Donny Alvarez came up after the Astros had already declared themselves. You get there, and then there's still more to come. Reinforcements, the way that real organizations operate, where you can win and also Continue to build and scout and draft well and develop players. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. It's time to say it's time. Read that pressboxonline.com right now. All right, when we come back in, we are going to talk about Jackson Holiday and what it is the Orioles have done. Again, when I say we come back in, I hope, I hope the next two things that we attempt to do. This is the first real test. you think I'm nervous, Griffin has sweat through his, it, in fact, he's changed shirts four times this morning. We're going to attempt to take a break, and then we're going to attempt to talk to Joe Doyle uh, from Prospects Live, who is their MLB draft director, get his thoughts on Jackson Holiday and the other players the Orioles have selected so far in the MLB draft. That's what we're going to try to do. No promises. No promises about anything at all. It might be that this 40 minutes, that's all you're getting. Me making st- I made a stained and a dog's eye view reference, by the way, in the first 40 minutes. You're welcome, 90s babies. That's what you're getting. Maybe you'll get more. We'll find out. Today's show is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. By the way, a stone's throw from me now, and so uh, they will get sick of seeing me at Glory Days Grill. If this doesn't work, by the way. If, if what we attempt to do right now doesn't work, that's where we're going. All right. All right, good. We're just going they have right breakfast. across the street. No, they are not. They don't do breakfast. <laughs> they do a lot of things. Breakfast is not among them. Uh, what they do do is wings and ribs and burgers, and they're all so amazing. Glorydaysgrill.com. You can get your order in right now at Glory Days Grill. It is Tuesday edition, Glenn Clark Radio. Fingers crossed. mdgamblinghelp.org.
4: Hey, host fans, get to Oriole Park early on Friday, August 5th at 7.05 when the first 20,000 fans, 15 and over, will receive a Cedric Mullins 30-30 Club bobblehead presented by Masson. Celebrate Cedric Mullins' historic 2021 season when he became the first player in Orioles history to join the 30-30 Club with 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. Tickets start as low as $15. What better way to cheer on the Silver Slugger than at the ballpark that forever changed baseball? Buy tickets at orioles.com slash tickets.
2: The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out.
0: Matt, Nick Jackson, the young bucks. Thanks for having me. Man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt
2: Angle. Thanks for
0: having me on the show. I appreciate
2: it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man, thanks, man.
0: The champ, Drew
2: McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Yeah. Keith, Lee. appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg, my pleasure. Charlotte,
5: thank you so much for having
2: me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard.
5: MJF, I'm glad you're happy I'm on the show because I'm pretty miserable. The yeah. champion, Chris Jericho, the champion,
2: AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com/slash/radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud.
0: The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique
2: personality
0: and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas
2: from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costa Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows that the Costa Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat. In person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard.
0: The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Kenny Amatololos, umbc soccer coach pete corinji maryland soccer coach sasho sorowski and field hockey coach missy maharg mount st joe basketball coach pat Clashy, and poly basketball coach kendall peace we also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach shaneen tucker and calvert hall baseball coach lou eckerl the athletes whose lives these coaches have impacted offering insights on what makes them special and why they stood the test of time press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles Ravens and Terps at pressboxonline.com
5: to follow the show on Instagram it's just Glenn Clark radio and to follow the show on OnlyFans we, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one Anyoodle, take it away boys
0: all right back in here on GCR again trying to work through and we may have just knocked ourselves off on the uh, on one side we're, look man we're new studio lot going on Appreciate your patience. I'm so sorry. Great to hear from my buddy John in Little Rock. Uh, Griffin somehow looks years older with the stash. I don't know about years older. It, uh, it, you know, looks good. I like it. I'm with it. Uh, Don, just hopping on for a second. Why would you tell me you're only hopping on for a second, by the way? Announce that you're not going to listen to the show. Thanks. Appreciate that. Uh, from Dave, good to have you guys back. Um, I was worried that perhaps you were the problem in relation to the Orioles. I'm glad that you committed to not doing a show until they had lost a game. Yeah, I mean, you don't mess with the juju. That's the way that it goes. From uh, Greg, Greg says, uh, you look like you should be doing an NPR show with the new camera shot. It is a little bit further away. I don't know if it's NPR. I don't... It does feel like I'm doing one of those like YouTube... It's because sh-
1: before we were like looking down on you, like the camera right. was way above your head. Now it's like eye level, so but I guess it...
0: It does feel like I should be like teaching something yeah. with a new camera shot in the new studio, is what it feels like. It feels like I should be instructing you on how to like handle your money or something along those lines. Uh, I'll continue to get to your responses throughout the course of the show. Thank you guys for checking in this morning. Uh, let's talk uh, about what the Orioles have done so far in the MLB Draft. Obviously, they started it by selecting Jackson Holiday at 1-1, and they have added a few more players since then. We'll try to get into uh, maybe some more of the guys that you haven't. We've heard a lot about Jackson Holiday, but a lot of these guys you probably haven't heard about. Our next guest is director of MLB Draft or Prospects Live. He is a uh, certified scout. He's Joe Doyle, and he's with us now here on GCR. Joe, it's Glenn and Griffin in Baltimore. I'm hoping you can hear me. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning.
6: Absolutely, fellas. How are we doing
0: today? Everything is good, man. It's great to chat with you. I guess let me just get out of the way first. What was your reaction when we finally, all the dust settled, and it was Jackson Holiday at 1-1? Yeah,
6: I think, you know, everything that I had heard uh, leading up to the draft was that Baltimore was was looking for some sort of haircut and that Drew Jones probably wasn't going to be the number one overall pick I, I i tended to think that baltimore was going to go even um you know shave even more and take a brooks lee or a Tamar johnson and you know try and get that bonus pool you know really stretched out for the rest of the draft but you know i think jackson holiday is not only uh for my money the second best player in this class um but he's also that happy medium between you know he's probably going to save you a, a few hundred thousand dollars to spend later in the draft and He's also going to provide you that upside and ceiling of a potential star uh, down the road. So, you know, I I just don't think Baltimore could have gone wrong with this first pick. And it all just kind of depended on the direction that they wanted their draft to go, uh, you know, after after that first overall pick.
0: I spent a lot of time working, you know, doing some work on Jackson Holiday because he was a guy that I was told directly by someone I trust that they genuinely were enamored with at number one. And one of the things I got back from a couple of people is I kept asking, hey, are they going to regret it if they don't take Drew Jones, right? Like are they, when we use the term too cute, are they going to ultimately 10 years down the road say, boy, we really screwed this up because we had the opportunity to get Ken Griffey and we didn't do it. And the more, the more popular opinion I got back was no. Like Drew Jones might be the number one player in this class, but we don't think it's a significant difference between he and Jackson Holiday, who I, I, again, the consensus I got back was similar to what you just said was definitely the number two guy and that we don't think he's the sure thing that some other prospects that have been the number one guy in a draft are. What, what do you make of that concept that even if Jackson Holiday works out as a player, you could rue the day, rue the opportunity that you had to get a generational talent in Drew Jones?
6: Yeah, I think from this chair, at least, I, I would partially disagree with that. I, I don't know if I see Drew Jones as a generational type player, but I, I do see him something of the ilk of a Byron Buxton, someone that, you know, is really rangy and can go get it out there in center field, and he's got raw power, and, uh, you know, he's going to be able to hit. Uh, I, I don't think the bat falloff between Drew Jones and Jackson Holiday is going to be that vast. I think both players are going to put up similar offensive number uh, numbers, But in my evaluation process, I think there's a 100% chance that Drew Jones is going to be a very, very stellar center fielder. And having seen Jackson a a few times, I think he's going to be a really good shortstop probably until he's about you know 26 or 27. And personally, I think he'll have to move off of the position to third base once he gets into his late 20s. And you kind of get a young, rangier shortstop uh, that that'll you know, replace him there. Jackson Holiday, he moves really well uh, for his age and for his size right now, but he does have a pretty strong, uh, you know, barrel chest and and lower half. And a lot of times as you get bigger and stronger and age into uh, your professional career, that can slow you down a little bit. So to answer your question in a long-winded way, I think they're going to be very similar offensive players. But I do think Drew Jones is going to be able to stay up the middle for the entirety of his career and play a premium position at center field. So that's kind of the separator for me.
0: He is Joe Doyle from Prospects Live? He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Joe, let me go back to that because I do feel like that's the one thing: is 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 Jackson Holiday definitely a shortstop at the next level? And it sounds like you're kind of given, you know, a, a little bit of a of a backup plan there, which is yes, but maybe not long term.
6: Yeah, I think that's kind of it spot on. I, I would say the first, you know, four five, six years of his career, he's going to be a, a solid, a solid shortstop. And and that's very valuable uh, in a league where there's a lot of teams. Half of the league is probably playing, uh, you know, shortstops at that position that have no business being there. That being said, uh, you know, an organization like the Orioles that does so good in, in terms of scouting and player development and, and understanding where value lies on the field. I just think by the time Jackson Holliday is 26 or 27 years old. They're they're going to have a uh you know a younger more wiry guy that you know has a better arm and has better range and things like that. But, you know, JJ Hardy was was an average to slightly above average shortstop for a very very long time and um I could see Jackson Holliday kind of following suit.
0: All right. Let's talk about what they've done after the first round, Joe, and specifically, I think a lot of people were hoping And everybody knew it wasn't going to be at 1-1, but they were hoping to see some early-round pitchers from the Orioles because there is still a question about the depth of the pitching within this system, although, you know, my God, they've pitched really well for the last couple of months, and who knows, maybe we're finding out that Tyler Wells is the real deal, some other things. Um, The pitchers they did select, starting with Nolan McLean in the third round from Oklahoma State, they also took Trace Bright and Preston Johnson, is there anybody among that group that really stands out to you and say that you say this is an interesting to me option that could prove to be a legitimate prospect in the next couple of years
6: yeah i think you know the one of the pillars at prospects live that, that we really put into our evaluation process is evaluating data and evaluating pitch shape and and, and really going beyond the conventional traditional scouting methods of uh, you know, performance and, and the body, and everything like that. And it's pretty clear that Baltimore leaned very, very hard on analytics in this class. I mean, 75% of this class are analytic darlings. Um, I, I don't know about within the next couple of years. I, I do think that Preston Johnson, if he can get in the strike zone with more authority, he's got a great body. He's got a pitcher's uh, body. It's, it's big and strong, and it can hold up over long innings. It's got a, it's a huge curveball and a fastball that really rides at the top of the zone. I think he is a, you know, seventh round flyer that uh, could turn into more than just a reliever. Uh, And Trace Wright definitely projects to be a, you know, number four, number five starter. He's got some really uh, starting pitcher qualities, but, you know, I think when you're, when you're looking at Nolan McLean, um, he, he didn't pitch for half of this season uh, because they wanted him to just be an offensive stalwart and, and they ended up putting him back as the closer after having him as the closer for much of 2021. Uh, Huge fastball, huge slider, serious command issues, definitely a mid-leverage reliever type. So, you know, I'll I'll finish with this. I look at the Baltimore Orioles draft, and I don't know exactly what Jackson Holiday is going to command. I still think Baltimore has room in their bonus pool to make a splash here in the 11th or 12th round with, with a high school arm. I don't. I, I don't have any information on that, but it sure seems to me like they might be four or five hundred thousand under slot right okay. now. Okay,
0: so there is still the opportunity to add perhaps one more significant arm there. By the way, you, I, you, I was missing the part, and maybe I just lost in translation. You did say, of course, that Noel McLean is Shohei Otani. That's what you were saying there, right, Joe? And we can look forward to him being, hitting forty home runs and being an ace at the major league level. That I, I don't know. I, I just. And maybe it's the headphones. I just missed the part where you said that.
6: You know, I um, I definitely said it. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank we'll just you. go with that. <laughs> appreciate you.
0: Um, as far as the hitters are concerned, uh, give me somebody that really stands out to you that you think is particularly interesting among the group of uh, of, of hitters that the Orioles have selected.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think they did really well on the hitting side. I think there's definitely uh, some... I don't... What's the word? I guess they're they're definitely betting on players being better than their their baseball card would say, and that the analytics say more. I mean, Judd Fabian has been a potential top five pick for for a couple of years now, and he's just never performed, but the batted ball data is enormous. Everyone that says the plus power is there, it's easily there. He's going to be an above average to plus center fielder. He just needs to cut down on the strikeouts, and I think Baltimore has been convinced for you know a year and a half that they can figure that out. Dylan Beavers is a little bit the same. Everything in that kid is impressive. He just needs to learn to consistently hit the breaking ball. And I think there's really not a better organization uh, with the exception of maybe Toronto uh, to teach a kid how to you know, compete at the plate at the pro level. Max Wagner, great pick, uh, You know, pro performer, big body. He's gonna be able to hit for average in power. But honestly, like the, the sleeper of this class that I really like is Doug Hodo. I've loved Doug Hodo okay. for the last two years. Again, another player going to play a solid defense up the middle. He is a true center fielder, not a ton of power there, might be able to hit 260, uh, really projects for me as a pretty solid fourth outfielder and a great value in the sixth round.
0: How are you feeling just, you know, let me take a step back, Joe. How do you feel about, the, you know, one of the things we talked about is the Orioles have been rated as having the top system in baseball, but one of the things I've constantly said is, well, that's what happens when you have Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez at the top. And by opening day next year, the presumption is that, you know, we obviously that Adley Rutschman will no longer be part of that calculation, but we're assuming that Grayson Rodriguez will no longer be part of that calculation either. How do you feel about the overall health of the Orioles system and just how strong it is outside of what was making it so top-heavy over the course of the last year or two?
6: Yeah, I've been doing this for six years. I've, I've watched a lot of drafts. I've watched a lot of picks. And every single year, the Orioles have picked a player where I've said, boy, if they can just figure that guy out. Kobe Mayo is a perfect mm-hmm. example. I loved Kobe Mayo. And I just said, you know, it's a really rigid swing and the move is inconsistent. And now he's killing the ball. Jordan Westberg, uh 2020 man that that guy hits the ball really hard and he might be a decent shortstop but man that swing is flat I don't know if he's ever going to hit for power now he's hitting for power I think Heston Kerstad is coming and I think he's going to announce his uh his health and his presence with authority over the next 12 months and Colton Cowser and Gunnar Henderson frankly have been more than I think most evaluate, uh, yeah. evaluators expected them to be um you know coming out of the draft. So. I just – I don't have any doubts about the Orioles and their ability to maximize these players. I think it's the one reason why I think Dylan Beavers is, is really going to become kind of the next stud.
0: A lot of people – you know, the, the, people point out Dylan Beavers' swing, and I know that was the conversation when they drafted Hudson Haskin a couple years ago. What do you make about the swing, and are the Orioles proving that they can be a team that can – you know, hey, we'll, we'll take your unorthodox swing. We can work with that.
6: Yeah, I think – I mean – they needed to fix Jordan Westberg's swing. They needed to fix Kobe Mayo's uh, hitch when, when he got here. Gunnar Henderson was was a guy that was swinging too aggressively when he got to Baltimore. I think he's going to be fine, and, and there is a track record of these guys succeeding. I mean, Christian Yelich has had a pretty unconventional swing. Kyle Tucker has had a pretty unconventional swing. These guys do find ways to succeed at the next level. That The odd cut-it-off-at-the-end part of Dylan Beaver's swing is not my concern. The hand hitch as he runs into more high velocity is what's going to need to be ironed out. And they, they have a track record of, of ironing that out with other players.
0: All right. Uh, Joe Doyle, what do people need to know about prospects live?
6: Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to check out all of our draft coverage and minor league baseball coverage, it's prospectslive.com. Um, You can also find our top 600 draft prospects uh, at prospects live. You can find our, la- uh, our last mock draft. We got we got 4 out of 30 right which is one behind uh Mr. Jim Callis. <laughs> Nobody ever does well on this thing. It's tough. It's
0: uh, it, it is. The baseball it's really draft. Is, tough. So, well, I mean, when Kamar Rocker is going third overall, I mean, it really kind of messes yep. things up. It
6: throws things, the so. whole thing down a spiral. But no, I mean, uh we're going to have a lot of reflections on the 2022 draft over the next week and you can also find uh the first 2023 mock draft as well as the uh initial 2023 rankings will come out later this week.
0: Well, we look forward to the next conversation with you not being about a number one pick here in Baltimore for a change. That'll be pleasant. At Joe Doyle, M-I-L-B, is how you follow him on Twitter. Joe, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Thanks so much for doing this. All right, Glenn.
6: You guys be good.
0: Joe Doyle uh, checking in with us, the um, MLB draft director for Prospects Live. As the Orioles continue, and, and as he points out, look, there's still – probably some money there as he does kind of the mental math on all that. And we don't know the word was the Jackson holiday was not going to be significant savings wise. Um, it's going to save you maybe a little bit of money. I think John Heyman said $8 million was about the neighborhood and the, the pick value was $8.8 million. So, you know, John might be ballparking it too. If the number is actually more like 8.2 for Jackson holiday, then there's, you know, $600,000 there. But he thinks there's some money there that they could still be aggressive and there could still be an, a high school arm on the table that they could lure into signing instead of going to college based on the money they still have available within their signing pool. We'll find out. And also, you know, even if they do, that that's not a guarantee that whoever that high school arm would be will ultimately pan out. But that is one thing to watch as we move towards uh, day three of the MLB draft today and the 11th round getting underway here in a bit. We are into hour number two of today's program, today's show, also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Two housekeeping notes here. First... Not Griffin's fault. I screwed us up today. So um, you might have, if you're with us on video, you might have noticed that you were hearing kind of a little bit of an echo on the commercials. I wanted to fix that. I was like, man, let's see if we can't fix that. And I did something that I thought maybe could fix it. And instead, it appears to have knocked us off our audio broadcast. <laughs> so if you were listening to us today on uh, Mixlr hopefully you knew to come over to a uh, Facebook or YouTube and join us on video because I don't know if we can get back up audio wise. I what I did should have been easily fixable, but it wasn't. And you know, poor Griffins, not none of us are qualified for this. We're qualified for one thing and one thing only. Pornography. That's what we're qualified for. So we're trying to do things that are outside our scope of knowledge. And we're not capable of that. That's just the reality of it. So we will work to get that fixed again. That's why we said it was a soft launch today. It was a nice soft relaunch of Glenn Clark Radio, and hopefully we'll be back fully into the swing of things here in the new studio. Um, secondarily, normally on Tuesdays, we'd be bringing you Simply the Bets. We will not do Simply the Bets today. And it's, again, just because of all the various things that we have going on, we just sort of decided, hey, we could wait a week. And it's not the biggest week in the world for gambling, obviously. There's there's no actual baseball game until Thursday night. The Orioles don't play till Friday. I know there is gambling for the All-Star game tonight. I know a lot of people are betting on the home run derby. I just can't.
7: I can't. I couldn't
0: be that guy. Um, but I hope you won some money. John uh, in Little Rock said, look, I'm not a kid, and I still love the home run derby. I, I, I'm i not knocking you. If, if Whatever you're into is what you're into. I just, I it is tough for me to, I watch it for a minute. Actually, it worked out perfectly last night. Because we had a long day here at the studio, I ended up going to the gym after dinner, and when I got back from the gym and got settled down, they were into the finals. And I was like, this is perfect. I'll watch the stupid final and th- then I'll I will have gotten my fill of the home running.
1: Well, you missed a good show from Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez first two rounds. Yeah. Unbelievable.
0: Boy, by the way, in the final, like Juan Soto, it took like a minute to hit a damn home run. I was like, whoa, what the hell's going on? And then all of a sudden, he just hit all the home runs. The, I get yeah. the, the Juan Soto story. By the way, Simply the Bets, we'll be back next Tuesday, and we will also reintroduce uh, Weekend to Bookies next Thursday as we move towards football season. Ravens rookies reporting to training camp today, which... It feels very weird, maybe just because I haven't been here to go through some of the doldrums these last couple of weeks, and maybe because baseball's been so good that we haven't experienced doldrums. But I ain't ready. (laughs) Like, I am not at all ready. And part of this is I just don't—I'm not the guy. You can't get me to get worked up about training camp. You can't get me to pretend like any of these things matter. Uh, Our buddy Bo Smolka was asking yesterday—so I I think a lot of you saw the J.K. Dobbins hullabaloo. I was going to get to that. That's on my list of things to get to. I was going to get to it after the break— I'll, I'll come, I guess maybe I'll come back to it. But so J.K. Dobbins, there's this report from Ian report not a guarantee he'll be back for week one. J.K. Dobbins goes nuclear. I mean, just loses his mind in reaction to that. All of a sudden, it's about God. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Yo, hey, man. I hear you, but like, ee. um. And in the midst of all that, our buddy Bo Smolka, who, of course, covers the Ravens for Press Box, asked this question about, whether maybe this is the year that John Harbaugh stops using his regulars in preseason games, to which I say, why has it taken this long? Like, what in what world are we still pretending like these things are beneficial and valuable and meaningful? What are we doing? We we had a COVID year with no preseason, and you know what? Everything was fine. We don't need it. Yes, there are guys for whom those games matter. I get it. I understand. Just because it's not for me doesn't mean it's not for anybody, but it definitely ain't for the regulars. They don't need any of this. It's only bad can occur. I can't believe it's even a debate. I can't believe it's a question. It should be a demand. No! You don't play those guys. Nothing good is happening. There is literally no possibility of there being a positive outcome from regulars playing in preseason football games because there is nothing to be gained. All that being said, we're still doing this, despite the fact there's one fewer preseason game, we're still doing this on July 19th where there are guys reporting the training camp today, which is wild to me, man. It is wild to me. That's something that we're doing on July 19th. Um, but, hey, if if you live and breathe and worship at the altar of football and you want to pretend like this stuff matters, you'll start getting content and you'll start you know, going on about how Slade Bolden is going to be the greatest <laughs> receiver in the history of forever because you see something in a practice one day. I mean, it's,
1: it's that time of year. It's exhausting. Yeah, it's a great time of year. Think, are you uh, one? Are you one, one of these I, guys? Uh, are you? Uh, I, don't, I don't think I go as hard as uh, you think some people do, but oh, I oh. I do get like you know hearing, you know rookies are rookies hearing training camp starting. That's pretty exciting. Uh, I, once upon a time, it got my and juice. I get excited about preseason games. It, it, <laughs> once upon a time, oh God, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I don't think starters should play at all. Uh, I'm definitely with you with that, but like when I see, you know, the Ravens have a home you know, football this, game. This actually, this actually will be good August? because in
0: the morning after the preseason games, because I will not watch them, I'll probably watch the entire thing. You, yeah. you can try to. I'll, we'll do the bit that we did with uh, Paul okay. and the baseball games. You can be our one minute man. <laughs> so
1: last year, which by the
0: way, when you get into your next career, you better do better than that. <laughs> but you can be our one minute man to try to sell me on something about a pre. By the way, the other thing about the new studio. Okay, so I'll give you a a, a quick. I can't really give you a tour because I don't have the camera here. I don't I don't know. You want me to turn? I, I just wanted to one of the things that I like about the new studio, so I was very heartbroken that we we're moving out of Hamden because I really love the neighborhood. Like I I truly loved being in Hamden and I talked about that a lot. Um, someone who lives now a ways away from the city, I I I didn't like the disconnect with the city. So being in Hamden was so great for me because it was easy for me to say, like, hey, after work I'll go meet somebody somewhere else in the city. Um, and I, I just kept more of a connection to it. And I just love the neighborhood. I love It's my favorite neighborhood in Baltimore, is being in Hamden. So um, what's neat about this studio, and I appreciate uh, John Colson making this happen. He had a friend that was willing to do it. Uh, you guys know the incredible affinity that I had for Meadow Mill Athletic Club. It was a place that truly changed my life. Um, being, we shared a building um, with Meadow Mill Athletic Club for years. And at a time where I needed it, I needed to get myself back in shape and, you know, just, just, yeah, there's a lot of things that I needed to do. I needed to grow up. I needed to be a dad. I needed to prioritize those things. And one of those things is, like, health. I, I needed to prioritize health. And Meadow Mill Athletic Club was a place right there, and the people were so wonderful to me that I wanted to be there every day. And it went a long way in me getting back on track health wise at that time in my life well the table that we are using here in the studio is actually made from one of the racquetball courts at meadow mill um so i don't don't know griffin if you can use the camera to kind of show that the table but this legitimately the base of this table is a meadow mill athletic club racquetball court which is is so freaking cool and like it's just I, I'm I'm so happy about that. I love that. So that's that's my favorite thing by far, is that you, you took us out of Hamden, but Hamden came with us as this this desk here in the studio is made from a racquetball court from Meadow Mill Athletic Club, and that, that means a lot to me. I think it's awesome. The negative is that I'm about a foot over Griven and I feel like I'm lording over him. And it's kind of weird to me. Like this is a thing now. If you watch the stupid Fox shows, they always have the host on like this giant platform, and then the sidekick has got to be like down here because you got to remind everybody that like he's uh, uh, Colin Cowherd is lord of all. Thi- like he's just an idiot. Like I'm just. I mean, I'm, I'm Joy Taylor. Yeah, not quite.
3: Uh, uh, um,
0: Although with that mustache, again. <laughs> I, I, I've never watched the program, but I am familiar with yeah, Joy Taylor, and um, she's lovely. Um, anyway, the moral of the story being, that's, that's a weird thing about the studio, is that I'm kind of lording over Griffin a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah, hey, peasant! Prepare the guest! Speaking of which. Uh, joining us now here on GCR, it is draft week, and our next guest, I've known his dad for a long time. Um, he... Heard his name called in the second round by the Seattle Mariners. And he is a Baltimore native. He's a Curly alum by way of VCU. And now he's getting ready for his pro career to get underway. It's a pleasure to welcome in Tyler Locklear to GCR. Tyler, it's Glenn and Griffin. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. And congratulations, dude.
7: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, Can you put into words, man, like I know this is a dream that you've probably had for your entire life. Um, when the dream becomes reality and you get the phone call, can you describe what that moment, and especially in comparison to the
7: dreams that you've had? Um, it's uncomparable. Like I'm at a loss for words when it happened. Uh, just seeing everybody's reaction behind me uh, really says it all.
0: What's what's was there a, was there a conversation, a moment, a text, anything in the immediate in the immediacy of Sunday night? Was there anything in particular that stood out to you that like five years down the road you'll still remember after the initial phone call?
7: Um, Just everybody showing up uh, at the party time at 6 o'clock, seeing kids you played with since you were 11 years old, Um, parents, friends, friends of parents, all your coaches. Just all of them showing up for the support was really what I'll be thinking about. You
0: um, Do you think about now, like, kind of you're representing some of those guys that that you say you played? You know, you're a kid from Hartford County. You end mm-hmm. up at Curly. It's not as if no one you know goes on to have success. Like, you know, there's plenty of guys that you've played against that are going to go on and be able to, to live dreams as well. But do you feel a little bit about that? Like, I'm, I'm doing this – I'm kind of representing them too, and I'm trying to live out their dreams as well.
7: Uh, I've been kind of thinking that my whole life, just – I'm a representation of them. Uh, they all brought me up, uh, made me who I am today. So, uh, on and off the field, that's who I'm representing all the time.
0: That's cool, man. Tyler Locklear is with us. He is a, a, a Baltimore native, Baltimore ish. We'll call him. We're calling it Baltimore. That's the way it's going to go. Curly alum and now drafted by the Mariners. Um, Tyler, what was the moment for you that you realized this wasn't just going to be like a fun thing that you did as a kid and that this was really going to be. How you were going to go about making a life for yourself?
7: Um, it's really been a dream my whole life, ever since I was probably twelve years old, and then it really started getting serious about like how high you could go and all that stuff. Probably sophomore year of college, just because my coach called me that summer said you're going to be playing the Cape uh, at the end of the season. So that that's like a dream come true already. And sure, having a good fall that I had. And then ultimately being a leader on that team as such a young sophomore—that's uh, when it all kind of became real.
0: Like, did you did it make you like nervous at all? Was there a moment where you're like, "Oh my God, there's so many more people watching me now." Like, did you have to deal with any of that over the course of the last year?
7: Oh, uh, for sure. Uh, you kind of <laughs> there's nerves all the time, but at the end of the day, you gotta go out there and just be yourself. That's the best advice that I've ever been given. It's just stay genuine and it all fall into place. Who
0: who gave you that advice?
7: Uh, everybody, Sean Stiffler, my yeah. head coach there, Rich Witten, my third base coach, my dad, everybody just says be yourself and, have, you know, take care of yourself.
0: He is Tyler Locklear. Tyler, I, you know, I, I wanted to give you that opportunity. Who here, who were the people here that were the most responsible for getting you to this moment?
7: Um, probably my parents, just because they've been in my corner ever since I was born. And then just how it kind of all took off, uh... They've just been able to settle me down and uh, keep me
0: am today. You know, it's funny. I, 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 You say your parents, and I mentioned at the beginning, I've, I've known your dad for a while. We've, we've talked. He's been, a, he's been a listener. He's been, you know, and, and he was like your champion. He, Unfortunately, I was on vacation before the draft. He started reaching out like, dude, you got to have Tyler on. Like, you got to. Come on, man. Like, you got to show him some love. You got to. What does that mean to you that, that, that you know? I know how much this means to
7: him. What does mm-hmm. it
0: mean to you to see how much this means to him?
7: I uh, just have it in my corner my whole life. Uh, we've had our like differences just because. Yeah. He's a baseball dad, and that's how they act. But then as I have got older, uh, he's kind of been like my fallback and somebody I can talk to. It's awesome, man.
0: That, that's incredible. So what are the Mariners getting, Tyler? What What is it that you know when you get to wherever it is that you show up first? Who are the Seattle Mariners getting in Tyler Locklear?
7: Um, they're getting a leader and they're getting a baseball player. Uh, that's why I'm. Uh, I'll grind. Uh, I get hit by a pitch. I steal bases. My jersey's dirty. Um, I'm just a baseball player.
0: This, despite the fact that everybody knows you're a power hitter, right? Like you're saying, you're not just you're not just a bopper. You're gonna do all of the other things as well, sir. The bopping, the you know, hitting 20 home runs this year in a short college season. Really? Um, when was the first time? I feel like it's got to be the like it's sort of like in basketball. The first time you realize you can dunk a basketball. Like, do you remember the first time you were like, "Oh, holy crap! I can hit a baseball 400 some feet." Not everybody can do this.
7: Um, probably when I was like nine years old and started playing travel <laughs> ball, just because nine years old. Uh, I felt like I was hitting the ball a little farther than everybody. Yeah. Uh, I put a couple over the fence as a nine-year-old. So
2: Jesus, I kind of like settled
7: in as uh at an early age, and then. As I got to college, I was able to, like, feel my body out and know how to hit home runs more to all parts of the field. And then from there, it's really history.
0: So, you know, like, do you, do you start setting goals? Like, I'm going to hit 40 bombs in the major leagues, something like Do you, like, start letting it go crazy at that point?
7: Um, You always try to think that, but I just try to hit the ball hard somewhere, and then for the most part it gets up, and I'm able to just that power and they get out real quick. All
0: right, when you have that type of power – are you the? I mean, like, are you a bat flip guy? Are you a head down? You know, like, run hard. Like, what's? I feel like if I could do, we saw Juan Soto last night, literally bat, like, launch a bat, I think a hundred feet in the air after he won the home run. and I get that's a different scenario. But I feel like if I had that skill set, I would have to pimp it. I would have to celebrate a little bit. How? What's your standard operating procedure for when you hit a bomb?
7: Um, my sophomore year, uh, I pimped a lot of them. Because- <laughs> I would get them and then, like, because that was the first time I really, like, broke the stage with a college player and I was doing all this stuff. And then I got to the Cape and our uh, skipper, Kelly Nicholson, he said, we're not going to do that here. Uh, He, like, took us all in and he was like, you guys are going to hit a lot of homers. Just put your head down and run. So ever since then, I really haven't pimped any. Okay. All right. I mean, all that matters is they
0: go out, dude. Like, that's really all that matters. And obviously, if they don't, that you're standing on second base instead of, you know, sure. holding up at first. That's that's the important part. Um, have you dreamed at all about like and I, and I know, you know, hey, you've got a new you've got I don't know who your favorite team was, but I'm imagining who it might have been. I know you got a new favorite team now, but like we saw this with Gavin Sheets just a year ago when he got to come back and play in Baltimore. Have you started to dream at all about there's going to be a day in the future where you're going to show up in a Mariners uniform and you're going to get to play in front of your friends and family at Camden Yards.
7: Oh, for sure. I'm just waiting for all the phone calls that day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you can come up to how many tickets I'm going to have to leave. So right. uh, that'll be a really cool day. Just oh. to be able to see everybody at uh, the park you grew up going to and then uh, being able to play in front of them.
0: Oh, my God, it would be incredible. Um, You, you know, as we talk about that, being – you're going to be a ways away and VCU wasn't very far from here. Is there a part of you that maybe is excited about, you know, where, and I don't even know where the first organization would be, I guess, probably Arizona. Um, is there a party that's like, Hey, I, this will be good for me just getting away for a while as I continue in my development.
7: So I was exposed to that last summer going to Cape Cod. Uh, it was eight hours away. Yeah. My parents only came for a week. So, uh, I didn't get to see them all summer. Uh, so that was a good experience for me, getting to know all those guys, making new friends, uh, living alone with a host family for the first time. So uh, that kind of prepared me for this next step.
0: That makes, that makes sense, man. And I think that will be something that uh, that will be beneficial as you move forward. Give me your goals. Give me, Tyler, Your these are the things that I want to prioritize between now and whenever it is that I end up getting the phone call and being a Major League Baseball player.
7: Um, getting in shape for sure, uh, just eating right all the time, just seeing how good I can get my body. Being exposed to all those nutritionists and trainers, and then uh, just being able to go out and develop every day and put my best foot forward, uh, help whatever team I'm on win, and then uh, ultimately getting that call that you're going to be a big leaguer the next day.
0: What is the biggest struggle for you when it comes to eating well? Because it, you know we all struggle. What's the one thing for you that you're like, man, I I would I would I wouldn't even have to worry about that if it weren't for you know, Takis, if it weren't for whatever it is. What's the thing for you?
7: Uh, chicken wings are my weakness. They're my favorite food, but I always got to have a plate of them every once in a while when I come back to them.
0: Are you capable of, like, trying to do, like, you know, we, we won't do fried. Like, are you capable of messing with it to try to make it a little bit more healthy?
7: Um, I wouldn't really change them. Uh, I just eat (laughs) them more in moderation. Uh I like I wouldn't eat thirty of them instead. I'll just eat like ten of them.
0: By the way, you read ahead to the next question because the next question was going to be if their baseball wasn't a factor, you would sit down and eat how many wings and you're saying
7: the number is legitimately thirty. Yeah, I can eat like thirty or forty chicken wings I have before. Are
0: are you are you just a straight, like uh hot guy or like you know, the hunt you you know around here, Honey Old Bay is yeah. maybe the most perfect flavor that's ever been concocted for a wing. What's your go-to?
7: Honey Old Bay is my go-to. Uh, I put all my friends at school on it, too. Uh, I got them, like, growing their chicken up and putting Honey Old Bay on it. Awesome. Like, oh God, this, that's awesome. Well, oh, my God, that's so cool. No,
0: Bro, no. people don't understand. Like, everybody, of course, associates with, with crabs, and that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. that's what we do. But, like, what people don't understand is we have other concoctions, and yeah. Honey Old Bay wings are the most perfect concoction – it's hard to explain to another human being why it works so perfectly because they just couldn't get it and then they take a bite and they're like oh my god what yeah. what are you guys doing back there well we're changing the world is what we're doing
7: there's that there's the old bay hot sauce uh i bring a bunch of stuff to school that they like trying
0: <laughs> i love that man i love the old bay hots I, by the way when it came out and everybody was sold out of it i'm pretty sure i spent like a hundred bucks to get a gallon of it and i would have spent a thousand because it was it's that dude the old bay goldfish are so stupid good yeah. right like you just say why do you make other goldfish get rid of everything else you've ever made and just make these they're perfect
7: yeah. <laughs> I brought those to school, and they were gone probably in 30 minutes. Oh,
0: my God, Just man. Sharing them with everybody. I, this is, I, I brought in. I do another show on the weekends, and I brought them in, um, and I turned around, and they had been stolen. I brought them in to share because I'm a yeah. thoughtful guy, and they had been stolen from me. And I said, you know what? I asked for that. That's the way it goes. Um, Mariners, as you know, when you get drafted, uh, everybody in your new fan base wants to get to know you, and they go digging through all of your – your social media history they t- seem to enjoy one particular tweet that they found that you had liked and it yeah. was it was that kind of infamous scene from the uh, the new episodes of Stranger Things where uh, Mike kind of um, pours his heart out in the car and yeah. it's me listening to Phoebe Bridgers on the way home from Target are are you a big Phoebe Bridgers fan
7: um that might have been an accidental like okay honestly. <laughs> but... Just because you scroll through and then your thumb <laughs> hits the like button. But All right. yeah. there's some stuff I really like on Twitter. It's okay. uh, my favorite social media just because you don't know what you're getting in there.
0: Oh, my God. We, we always say people just be saying anything. There was, <laughs> there was a moment that my favorite tweet of the week last week was some guy just tweeted, uh, John Denver says, almost heaven. And I say, hell yeah. And then he says, West Virginia. And I say, what the F? <laughs> like, I don't know why it works, but it works, man. They just say anything. Tyler, with that in mind, what can we plug for you social media-wise? Twitter, Instagram, where can uh, people be giving you a follow?
7: Um, My Instagram's got more followers than my Twitter, but I enjoy Twitter more than Instagram just because of all those crazy tweets. Uh, it's like a news source for me as well. And I then I'm a big it. TikTok guy, too, just because I like scrolling through and going to sleep.
0: Um, on Instagram, it's Tyler underscore Locklear13, correct? Yes, sir. And then on Twitter, it's TyLock13? Yep dude. Give him a follow in both spots. Tyler, you know, you know how this goes, right? Like, we're going to root for you, um, no matter what it just understand, like when, when that day comes and you're back in Baltimore, we won't, we won't be on all that upset if you strike out in the first at bat, right? Just, just, you gotta, you gotta understand the way that's going to go for us. All right. Hey, seriously, brother, congratulations. Um, it's, it's amazing. And we will genuinely be rooting for your success. Uh, wherever you end up, thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us.
7: Thank you, no problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Tyler Locklear, uh, Baltimore native, a Harper County guy, and um, a Curly alum, and now drafted on the first day of the draft. That's that's even cooler, right? Like selected on the first night of the draft. He said everybody got together and they got to have that moment on Sunday night, the first night of the draft, as he was selected in the uh, second round by the Mariners. That's uh, that's incredibly cool. Appreciate him taking the time for us here this morning. All right, when we come back in, I let's talk a little bit more about all the J.K. Dobbins stuff from yesterday. <laughs> it was wild. We will discuss that next. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio.
4: I hope. I hope. Hey, Birdland. Join in on the fun and celebrate the 30th anniversary of Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Saturday, August 6th, as the O's take on the Pittsburgh Pirates at 5.05. The first 15,000 fans, 15 and over, will receive a 30th anniversary Oriole Park t-shirt. Then stay post-game for the Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite. I love the 90s concert featuring Drew Hill with a special performance by Cisco and Smash Mouth. Tickets start as low as $15 at Orioles.com slash tickets. Sports fans,
0: the weight is
2: Get your tickets now for the premier high school lacrosse games of the year. The 17th annual All-America Lacrosse Boys and Girls Senior All-Star Games will be on Saturday, July 30th at the Johns Hopkins Historic Homewood Field. This is your chance to see the future lacrosse stars up close and in person as they showcase why they are the best in the country. Go to allamericalacrosse.com and get your tickets now.
0: Come in for glory burgers, glory wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location
5: near you glory days grill great food good sports the 2022 baseball season is in full swing and the future is brighter than ever for your baltimore orioles i'm paul valley and i'm zach goodman and together we bring you the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon with everything you need to know about the orioles and baseball as a whole from veterans like cedric mullins austin hayes and ryan mountcastle to young stars like adley rutchman grayson rodriguez and dl hall we've got you covered for every game every pitch and every debut you can watch us at youtube dot com slash press online and facebookcom dot slash press sports or you can listen at pressboxonlinecom dot com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports it's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants like me right now you're listening to glenn clark radio
0: Hey, Stan the Fan that has still been hard at work while uh, I've been gone, and yesterday he and Zach Goodman and Danny Black sat down and did sort of a roundtable related to the MLB draft, and if you missed it, you can find it at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. All right, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Ravens running back. For whatever reason, Ian Rappaport was on NFL Network yesterday. That's I mean, that's where he works. I guess that's the reason. Said for whatever reason, <laughs> for for whatever reason the Yankees were playing at Yankee Stadium last night. I don't know; could be anything. Um, and and you know talk about J.K. Dobbins and this tweet from Ian Rappaport comes out, and and I don't know how it works over there. I don't know if somebody else is sending out the video and attaching text to it, or I, I every company has different policies, but um, a tweet from Ian Rappaport's Account comes out with the video, and he says, From NFL now, Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins is no sure thing for week one. He hasn't had any setbacks, but his knee injury was a serious one, and Baltimore has no incentive to rush him back. They protected themselves with veteran Mike Davis regardless. J.K. Dobbins retweets the video and goes off, I mean, all the way off. All the way off. Like, this is the type of tweet storm you might expect if somebody said something about your mother. Okay, I'm tired of being quiet. Come to me for your source, at rap sheet, because I might not even go on pup, because that's how good my rehab is going, and I'm damn sure going to be ready for week one.
1: Cool. My favorite part, he said, I'm tired of being quiet. It was like maybe 40 minutes later after the tweet.
0: Oh, oh, man. Um, follows it up, and by I'm not trying to knock J.K. Dobbins. He has every right to say whatever he wants to say. I, I it, This comes off a certain way in the way that yeah. I'm saying it. I want to make it very clear. J.K. Dobbins can say whatever he wants. I am not the governor of what J.K. Dobbins is allowed to tweet about. Follows it up by saying, just know I've been working. I've been quiet for a reason. I thrive best when I face adversity. Go check my resume. Uh, okay. I don't know that that's what anybody's calling him out for, but okay. I hear you uh then he follows it up the work jesus does with me you and whoever is doubting me could never understand it sure sure i i don't know dog uh i would post videos but i want all you fake ass doctors and people who have never spoken a word to me to see what me and jesus been up to on the biggest stage Look, everybody uh, has their own motivation and whatever it is they need to do in order to, you know, be ready to go and in order to do the things they need. I, I, I am not the most religious person, but I don't have a problem with you being religious. You know, I, I've, we've talked about this for whatever reason over the years. Like, I have, certainly have a problem with you thinking that your religion should govern society. It absolutely should not, and it's one of the biggest problems that we face Is that people believe that because they believe something, everybody else should be forced to believe it? Like that's we got to deal with that at some point as a country. We just never do for whatever reason. Um, But if if that's what you believe, if that's what you're into, if if J.K. Dobbins is very religious, that's no problem. And if that works for him as motivation to to say you know me and Jesus have been doing this, then God you know God it ain't hurting me. Go on, man. If that's what works, that works. It is very odd that he was this worked up about it because it's not like Ian Rappaport said JK Dobbins may never be the same or JK Dobbins might not play at all this year or JK like it's not like he said anything inflammatory I don't know where he got his information I mean I really don't Ian Rappaport has lots of sources it could be from a source within the team it could be from a source you know close to jk dobbins agent it could be anywhere it would be odd for ian rapaport to suddenly feel like this is something he wanted to talk about on nfl network if he hadn't spoken to anyone with the ravens and it might very well be that jk dobbins and his camp believe that they're in one place on the path and the ravens say even if you are we're not For us, week one isn't make or break. It's more important that we have you for deeper in the season. And if it takes a little bit longer for us to get you ready for that, we're going to be okay with that. Because our priority ain't week one. Our priority is week 14, week 15, week 16, 17, 18, and the playoffs. That's our priority. And if on our plan that means you don't play week one, we'll live with that. There is room in there for all of these things to meet. There is absolutely room for J.K. Dobbins to say, where I and my team believe we are in this rehab is I'm ahead of schedule, I'm ready to go, I can play a 17-game season, and I can be fine. And the Ravens at the same time to say, yeah, but we're not living and dying over week one. saying Mike Davis is your backup. I mean, Mike Davis stunk last year. Like I I don't want Mike Davis to be your featured running back in week 1 of the NFL season. But if you want to say you believe it's a better option than at, at least it's a guy that's been around for a few weeks on like a year ago where you had to go with somebody that like I god the other day I was trying to think of what Tyson Williams name was. I couldn't even remember it. Oh, everybody was so hot and bothered about Tyson Williams. In their minds, Mike Davis is at least capable of playing the position in the NFL, whereas the guy they had to go with a year ago wasn't. And so to them, that's an upgrade? Fine. But there is nothing good that would come from Tyson Williams having to be the running back for the Baltimore Ravens. Sorry, it's not going to be Tyson Williams. He's gone. There'd be nothing good for Mike Davis having to be the running back for the Baltimore Ravens in week one of the NFL season. But again... All of these things can work. All of these things can be true. The Ravens can say, we are not hell-bent about week one. We would like to be a bit more cautious, and in getting someone ramped back up for a full season of football, we are not going to live and die over whether or not J.K. Dobbins is fully ready for week one. we Once upon a time, Robert Griffin III did that all-in-for-week-one bit, right? That was like his hashtag and his catchphrase, and he was selling T-shirts. And it might very well be that players are motivated by the concept of week one. But it's also okay for the Ravens to say, but we're not motivated the same way. Our motivation is we think J.K. Dobbins could be a very special player. There's a lot of people that have hopes that J.K. Dobbins could be a very special player. And he showed a lot of things in his rookie season that made us believe he could be a very special player. So our priority is whenever it is that we get a special player back out on the field. Someone who could have game-changing type of talent. And we don't know if J.K. Dobbins is that guy or not. We certainly saw flashes of it. But we don't know that. The Ravens, their priority is whenever whenever that is, week one, week three, week four, week five, whatever it is, we want that guy to be on the field. All of these things can, can all work. And I would say personally, it's not the end of the world to me if J.K. Dobbins didn't specifically play in week one. I don't even remember who the Ravens are playing in week one. <laughs> Uh, it's the Jets, Jets right? Yeah, yes, Jets. Yeah, I'd like to hope that you don't need J.K. Dobbins in order to win
1: Week One. I oh, don't know, Zach Wilson. Uh, yeah, well, he's, I mean, these people you know, are saying he's got that dog in him. <laughs> That's another thing we we missed. We that dog in oh did you, the whole Zach Wilson thing. Yeah. Well, I didn't miss it. I was <laughs> I was
0: enthralled. Enthralled. <laughs> I can't even imagine. By the way, I don't. This is. I, mm, Maybe I'm gonna skip the conversation I was about to have, which was I don't remember there being a time where like my mother had a friend around the house where I was like ah. All I remember my mother's friends being like no, nah, I'm good, no thank you. Um, I, that's a different world, bro. <laughs> that's just a different world that we that that the old Zach Wilson's living in. Good for him, man. I again. Don't affect me in any way. God bless. Um, I'd like to hope that you don't need J.K. Dobbins in order to win week one, but, you know, he's definitely better if he's healthy. He's definitely better than what we saw from Mike Davis a year ago. And we also don't know what the time frame is for Gus Edwards either. So,
1: you know, this was very bombastic yesterday. I this mean, yeah, was they, they were able to win games last year. Like it, like they yeah, with, with game no flash actual with actual no running, running back, back yeah. right? With no but as long as Lamar's ha- as long as Lamar's there.
0: Yeah, but it's... but you you can't win a Super Bowl that way, and that's True. that's the point. And and ultimately, it caught up. Teams figured out that there were there was no threat to run, so they were able to change the way they played against Lamar, and that impacted him too in the four games before he got hurt. I mean, we we all remember when they went to the all-out blitz. Um, Lamar struggled terribly in those four games, just having better weapons on the field would go a long way into a- a healthy Ronnie Stanley. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that too, you know, like those, those I mean, we hope, right. um, and Morgan Moses on the other side and there being no, we don't have to say the name Alejandro Villanueva ever again. Like those are things that you would hope hope would help. Um but but part of that is the threat of a run game, of a real run game, not just Lamar Jackson running the ball, like a real threat of a run game would help in the way teams defend against the Ravens. So I definitely want J.K. Dobbins to be out on the field. But I just don't I, I don't think there's anything about saying let me go back to the original the original tweet from Ian Rappaport. Ravens run, JK, running back JK Dobbins is no sure thing for week one. Okay, so he might be ready for week one. He hasn't had any setbacks, okay. His knee injury was a serious one, okay. And Baltimore has no incentive to rush him back. What is the?
1: Yeah, it it definitely odd thing for what is J. K. K. Dobbins to get you know? Yeah, I mean, like
0: I would again to me, and it, whatever motivates someone is what motivates them. Steve Smith would make things up I, to the point where he became to me unlikable. Because he would try to create things that were a slight against him, and some people are just that way. Like that's how they operate. That's who they. I don't know if J.K. Dobbins is that way. I've had like two conversations ever with J.K. Dobbins. I don't know how he is, but some people need everything to be a slight. Every if you don't worship at the altar of them, they have to turn that into a slight in order to use, be used as motivation. And maybe that's this what we're finding out about J.K. Dobbins, is that he's that's that's who he is. One time, and this is not a joke, I said on the air when the Ravens signed Steve Smith, somebody called into the show and asked about how um I thought the Ravens would use Steve Smith. And my response was I don't I don't know how the Ravens will use Steve Smith because I haven't seen it yet. people uh, somehow steve smith either heard it or and started tweeting demonstrative things towards me what do you mean you don't know how, how I, I maybe the wording was like i don't know exactly how steve smith fits because i haven't seen it yet whatever it was it was the most innocuous thing i could possibly say it was basically me dodging the question I didn't know. And as I said before, while we oversell how good Steve Smith was, he was definitely better than I thought he had any right to be. He was far more productive than I thought he had any right to be at that point in his career. But we – and, like, that stupid thing where Ravens fans voted Steve Smith as being one of the best receivers in franchise history, which is so insanely dumb, we oversell how good he was because of his personality, because people liked his edge and they liked his fire and they liked all of those things. His personality was a fit with a lot of people. For me, it was almost like he would make things up to try to feel slighted because that's what he needed. He needed that type of motivation in order for him to be the player that he was. And it worked for Steve Smith. I mean, people genuinely believe he was... He got voted over Derek Mason as being one of the greatest receivers in Ravens history. It worked for Steve Smith. And maybe that's what's going on with J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins just might be the type that anything, he needs that to motivate himself. He needs to feel. Nothing about what Ian Rappaport said was in any way a slight towards J.K. Dobbins. And I know we like to pretend that prominent reporters just make things up. There is no world in which Ian Rappaport just made something up. He was on the phone with somebody, J.K. Dobbins came up, he had to do a TV hit. He's like, I'll oh, bring up J.K. Dobbins. Why not? I, you know, I was just talking to somebody about him the other day. And what he said was innocuous. Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins is no sure thing for week one. That's not even really a report. I could have said that yesterday. Griffin could have. While well, he was getting fluffed. For your other, you know, career. agreement right. could have said, I I don't I don't know if JK Dobbins is gonna be ready for a week. We all could have said that. It's not even really news. He hasn't had any setbacks. Okay, well that would be that would I would think that would be positive news. I would think that if anything that was a pleasant thing. But, you know, it, it set off J.K. Dobbins. Set him off. I'm tired of being quiet. What? What? What do you mean you're tired of being quiet? Being quiet about what? Nobody's disparaging you. But if that's who he is, if that's what he needs in order to be motivated, okay. All I care about is that J.K. Dobbins plays football well. I mean, it's the same thing I said about Steve Smith. I found him to be unlikable in my dealings with him, but I wanted him to win. All I cared about was he played well. All I cared about was that he produced, and he did a lot of that. That's a good thing. That's what I want from J.K. Dobbins, and if he needs to pretend like someone saying he's no sure thing for week one is some you know, horrendous slight, it's some disrespect that's being thrown his way, okay, it's definitely not. We need to make that abundantly clear. It's not that. But if that's what he needs in order to be fired up, in order to grind the day, in order to go through whatever he's got to go through in his training to get ready to play football, I mean, again, obla dee obla Desmond's got the bear on the marketplace. It ain't hurting me. Over the top? Yeah, really over the top. Really over the top response from J.K. Dobbins yesterday. Really Did anybody get uh, Jesus? Did anybody track get a, a comment from Jesus about what he and Jacob not Ovens that are working I on?
1: know of <laughs>
0: I mean I would I would like to think that somebody at least I, requested comments. Yeah. <laughs> like, well I mean Rappaport knows everyone so I would he's, very plugged, he's <laughs> very plugged in he's very plugged in I would like to get a comment if, if somebody knows like who I should email I would like to get and we all, oftentimes will do this like we find out that I think we were trying to work. Uh, Lamar Jackson was working with uh, Tom House's camp, and I think we tried reaching out to Tom Han- Tom House. If J.K. Dobbins is working with Jesus, I'd like to talk to Jesus about what they're working on. I'd like to know. And again, I'm, somebody's going to say, "How dare you disparage religion?" I'm not disparaging religion. I'm trying to make a joke. Be religious. Be as religious as you want to be, as long as it doesn't impact somebody else's ability to live. I don't. I don't. It was. It was a weird day. Weird day with Jake Dobbs. Yep. Hope he's ready. I it'd be cool. If he's ready for week one, that's great. If he can be a special player by week one of the NFL season and can continue to be a special player through February, whew, God, man. High fives all around. High fives. He's got he's gotta be better than the la- the last time we saw him try to lay a block. That's that's my J.K. Dobbins question. I, I don't by nothing what happened in Buffalo does not say to me that J.K. Dobbins is a liability on the field. Because we don't have, like, a year's worth of him whiffing on blocks in big spots. Kenneth Dixon literally could not be on a football field because he was such a liability as a blocker that you couldn't play him. That that was, I mean, we talked about it, and if you remember, go back to those years, we had to talk about it regularly. People would say, why, Kenneth Dixon's the most productive back in the history of college football, why is he not on the field? It wasn't hard to figure it out. I didn't have to have that many conversations in order to get my answer. He's going to get someone killed. I don't think J.K. Dobbins is Kenneth Dixon. I want to make that abundantly clear. But the last thing we saw of J.K. Dobbins was critical. Was him whiffing on a block on what would have been a tying touchdown in the game against Buffalo one play before the interception that turned the game. That's what I'm worried about with J.K. Dobbins. Not week one. Not the Jets. J.K. Dobbins going to be a special player, and is he going to make the blocks when he needs to make them in order to make sure this team can succeed? That's what I'm worried about.
1: While on the topic of Ravens players in the Twitterverse, Mm -hmm. Lamar got into it with Bernard Pollard last week. Oh, yeah, I
0: didn't get a chance to talk about that. Not that I really want to either. (laughs) That's the problem. I hate this stuff, man. I really do hate this stuff. Um... Boy, I was really happy to be away during this. I got to be honest with you, man. This is the type of stuff that, like, this is why I'm not doing, you know, like 10 to noon on 1057 anymore, is because I just can't pretend like I care. So Lamar is left off with this ESPN top 10 quarterbacks list. I, I didn't even really do the research on who they, like, how they put their list together. I, 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 just because I, I didn't care. I don't, I don't care about these lists. They are interesting to me when they come from. You know, like, hey, we, we um, sent a survey out to general managers and coaches, and this is, like, that becomes interesting to me because then it's the people that are within the game, but I, I don't know. I don't know how ESPN made their list. Might That might be what they did. Lamar Jackson's not in the top ten. Okay, well, that's, you know, that's absurd, obviously. It's absurd. But it also speaks to if they're... You know, they were talking to general manager and people. It goes back to some sort of the confirmation bias stuff that we talked about in the past. It's difficult for people to admit that they were wrong. Once upon a time, they felt a certain way about Lamar Jackson, and they they want to be right more than they care about whether or not they put together an accurate top ten list for ESPN. So Bernard Pollard says this absurd thing about, well, he's a top ten. What was it? Athlete or a top ten player? Just not a top ten quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it was something along those lines. I, I'll find it.
0: I don't know how to say this any different way than I've said it in the millions of times that are said it in the past. The appropriate response to this is nothing. Now Lamar can do whatever Lamar wants to do. Again, I don't care what Lamar tweets about. I care about, you know, if he's going to play better against the blitz. That's what I'm concerned about. I'm still concerned about his contract too. But specifically, I don't. If Lamar wants to tweet tweet away, but tweet forever, I don't. I don't care as long as he plays better against the blitz. That's what I'm concerned about in relation to Lamar Jackson the rest of us my response is very simple you don't need to care I get it we're bored we're very bored there's no football games being played right now we're bored we're, Zach Wilson can only hook up with his mom's friends so many times on Twitter like there's only so much going on we're bored so Bernard Pollard running his mouth we want to fight about God, who cares? cares i just can't i can't fathom how little you have going on in your life to care about what bernard pollard is tweeting about lamar jackson i can't that probably doesn't help clicks and views and the currency that we exist within within the world but i don't care what bernard pollard has to tweet about lamar jackson
1: Go ahead, say it. It anyway. was. It was. Uh, but he tweets a lot about NASCAR. Uh, he's. He's, he's became, I don't know that, where that guy.
0: came from. He did become a big NASCAR. I remember that from. But a it, was, years it was. It
1: was about uh, receivers. No top receiver will ever uh come there. Well, LJ is that, there. That
0: wasn't the first one. The first yeah, one was. He, know. He's, there was so he's not a.
1: He's a top ten. There's a lot more than I remember.
0: He's a top ten player, but not a top ten I think, quarterback. I think or I that was Ryan 10, Clark. Did, no, and Ryan Clark said something very defensive. Bernard Pollard was the first one that said, "I don't know why I can't find it." He said like, it was it was something very specific, like top ten athlete, but not. Who cares? Who cares?
1: Yeah, you're, I guess you're right. Who cares? Is he better against the blitz this year? That's what I care about. Okay, he was replying to Ryan Clark. Yeah, Ryan Clark oh, okay. was defensive of him, and he said it, uh, it's a lot. That can be said. He's definitely a top-ten talent, but as far as top-ten QB, I don't see it. What does that
0: mean? This goes back to this dumb thing people are trying to do where because Lamar Jackson runs, that means he's not a quarterback. Like, we're still clinging to that. We're five years later. We're still trying to do a bit where because Lamar Jackson can run, that means he's not a quarterback. It's so sad. It, and it's worse because it seems to have permeated, and for some reason we think Lamar Jackson should run less, which is the dumbest thing that's ever existed within analysis. We think, well, you know, we we just don't want to see him running all the. Why not? He is so unbelievably good at it, better than anyone in the history of the game. And there is no great. We have all of the data. He said no greater risk of getting hurt. But we still do this dumb bit about quarterbacks and running the ball. That's you're not a real quarter. We just we're brainless. We are brainless. Okay, I'm sorry. We got to wrap up. I don't want to go too long today because we got We still have more work to do. Uh, we'll come back in. We will get a tidbit. We will get tubular. To, uh, we will get tubular to wrap it up. We are winding down for a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Come in for glory burgers, glory wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit
2: us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you glory days grill great food good sports get your tickets now for the premier high school lacrosse games of the year the 17th annual all-america lacrosse boys and girls senior all-star games will be on saturday july 30th at johns hopkins historic homewood field this is your chance to see the future lacrosse stars up close and in person as they showcase why they are the best in the country Go to allamericalacross.com and get your tickets now.
0: The latest edition of Pressbox is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Kenny Amatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and Poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Jeanine Tucker, and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who Whose lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they stood the test of time. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farms stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com
5: That first sip That first bite Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio.
0: Great, great time to yawn. That's a great,
5: God, that's a great
0: image for anybody who's with us on the video today. Hi, Glenn Clark Radio, winding down. For a Tuesday edition of the program, I feel like there's. Oh, ESPN really is still doing the, the Jeter thing. Like, they really are oh, still yeah. pretending. It's not just that they aired it. Um, I was, when I was preparing Tubular for the week, they're doing a pre show or a post show, one or the other, for the second episode on Thursday. Like, they really are going all in and pretending that anyone asked for this.
1: There was a lot of uh, Gary Thorne, because he was calling a lot of Yankees games back then, and then uh, B- Buck Showalter w- had a lot of interviews was, in it as well. Why was Gary Thorne? Was he? W- did he work for the I guess. Yeah, I was confused by that. But in the nineties, I guess he was calling. Did you, wait, so you're saying you watched? Well, because it, it came on after the Home Run Derby, Jesus so I just left it on in the background Christ. while I was on my phone for a little bit, and then. I, I had and and I heard Gary Thorne and Buck Showalter's voice. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean,
0: I just don't remember him working for the Yankees. I remember him working for a network. Yeah, I don't, yeah he was. Yeah, he never, he didn't have a. I
1: guess, I mean, I guess because they maybe it was, it, like, was, it was the it was World with the series, Mets from
0: '94 to 02. So
1: would he have been doing a World
0: Series? He might have been. I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. It was definitely Gary Thorne's voice. That's weird. Um, I, I mean, I said it'd be nobody asked for this. No one. I, I mean, outside of one market, there's one market where this matters. And again, unfortunately, a lot of the media companies live within the realm of what matters in New York matters, whereas. This is the biggest stretch that you could ever... No one outside of New York... I, the point that I made the other day is the most interesting thing about Derek Jeter, the baseball player, like the most memorable moment for Derek Jeter, the baseball player, was the 2001 World Series, which, of course, he lost to the Diamondbacks in seven games. It was easily the most captivating World Series of my lifetime because it was the three-time defending champs, it was post-9-11, you know, George Bush doing the first pitch, um, Byung-Hyung Kim blowing two saves in the process, which is why Derek Jeter became Mr. November because the series, after the season had to be pushed back a week because of 9-11, the series went back into November. There was so much to it. Randy Johnson um, and Kurt Schilling with the Diamondbacks and Randy Johnson coming out of the bullpen and Luis Gonzalez walking it off on a bloop, and get, It had everything. The 2001 World Series is, of my lifetime, by far the most compelling World Series that has existed. By far. You want to do a seven-part documentary about the 2001 World Series because you can intersect it with where we were as a country in the aftermath of 9-11, that would be imminently watchable. That would be incredible. That would be compelling. You build every episode is about one game within the series? Whew. Get the rights to that right now. My god, I'd watch it. In a heartbeat I'd watch that. That would be unreal. A seven-part documentary about Derek's stupid Jeter? Who is at, again, outside of New York who cares? And that's the problem. Within New York, Derek Jeter is on par with Michael Jordan. But everywhere else in the country, he's not a tenth as relevant as Michael Jordan was. He's, you know, his his personal life is interesting, but not enough for me to sit through seven episodes of a documentary about. Could you imagine that? Just because you want to know if, if he was playing Curious Finger with famous actresses come on dude i i I can't i can't they are really they are all in on this bit like this is something that anybody wanted or anybody again outside of one city that anybody was interested in seven seven movies not seven 30-minute episodes seven hour-long shows about Derek jeter Who's, who, again, we all know was a good baseball player, but nothing more than a good baseball player. He wasn't the best player of a generation. He's not even in the argument. Like, I, I don't know how far in the discussion you'd have to get to talk about Derek Jeter on the list of the greatest. Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time. And people can debate about LeBron James. But at most, you're naming two. I can't fathom how far down the list you'd have to get to have a conversation about Derek Jeter amongst the best baseball players of all time. Is he a top 50? Maybe? I don't think so. Maybe. Like, at least maybe you could start arguing that he's in the, you know, like, because you would talk about him having some big hits in the postseason or whatever. Like, maybe there would be an argument for him as a top 50 guy. I couldn't be the one making it. He wasn't a good defensive shortstop. I, I, What are we doing? Nobody asked for this. Again, outside of one market. Maybe the ratings will be so good in that market that it doesn't matter how the ratings are anywhere else. It might very well be that for ESPN, as long as it gets a 10 share in New York, New York is so big that it's irrelevant that nobody in Sheboygan gave a crap. I guess actually in Sheboygan they probably would. But nobody in... You know, Bellevue cared. No one in, you know, Minnetonka. I don't know. I don't know. That's such a weird bit. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which we didn't move those over here. We do need to get those for the studio. It's our uh, Salute to Coaches issue. It is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. They have hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. On the cover, we recognize John Harbaugh going into his fifth, 15th year as an NFL head coach. Remarkable. Uh, Kenny Matalolo from Navy inside, also 15 years. And other coaches who have either recently surpassed or approaching milestones um, or recently retired from the area, like Sasha Sarovsky, Missy Maharg from Maryland, Pete Karinji from UMBC, Kendall Peace from Polly, Lou Eckrell from Calvert Hall, Janine Tucker from Johns Hopkins, and more, all
1: featured inside our Salute to Coaches issue of PressBox, which is available now. All right, so your tidbit—you're gonna have to stick with me here. It's kind of a long-winded one, oh, just because I found a lot of uh, facts good. Good. that I thought were interesting. <laughs> uh, so the Orioles had the first overall pick Sunday night. They took Jackson Holiday, which was, at least to me, was kind of somewhat of a surprise, uh, uh, especially after you know the betting line shifted. Um, but you know, so because we all thought they were going to go in with the guy who they thought was the closest, or at least I thought they were going with the guy who was going to be closest to be being, being major league ready. Um, and so that's why I thought maybe Termar Johnson was okay. probably going to pull away there. So that got me thinking about you know players who made the quickest turnarounds for being drafted um, and going into the majors. Um, and that was going to be way too hard for you to f- take. I, I to, remember you know, there was a pitcher. Was it Mike Leake? Yes, Mike Leake is one. Of, he is one of those guys. That's I, I absolutely. And there was somebody this year. Yes, in 2020. In 2020. Yeah, which was, so it was a weird because t- there was no minors that year. Yeah. Uh, who was it? It was remember the Mike? White Sox. Garrett uh, Cro- Crochet. Okay. Yeah. 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 I do remember there being a reason. Yeah. So Gary Crochet. Who else? So you would have got. Um, so I was going to. Well, okay. So the first guy to do it was an Oriole, Mike Adamson. Oh, sure. The <laughs> great Mike Adams. 1967. Hold on. Where did I. There he is. 1967. He was the very first player ever to go directly to the majors without uh, hitting the minor leagues first. Okay. After getting drafted. Um, and then there was a guy that also did it in a day who got drafted then the next day he found himself in a game. Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts? Not that Dave oh, Roberts. Okay. <laughs> like, wow. This was 1972 Dave Roberts. He was drafted on June 6th. Then the very next day he signed his contract with the Padres. Okay. Uh, and then he debuted later that night in the tw- in the 12th inning That's of an 18-inning game at third weird. base. Okay. He got three at bats. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. Uh and then so then uh players did, there was only there's only been three in this millennium that have done it without going to the minors Xavier Nady. Sure. <laughs> of course. He was drafted in 2000 and then he pinched hit in like the last day of the uh of the, of the season in 2000. He okay. Drove in drove in a run uh and then he didn't return into the majors until 2003. Okay. Cuz of injuries and stuff, so that was that I was vaguely remember Xavier Nady, but Yeah. Uh Mike Leek, yeah, he had eighth overall pick in 2009, debuted in April the following year because uh well he pitched in he pitched in the Arizona Fall League, right. so kind but technically he didn't pitch in the, the minors. Um and then Garrett Crochet. Um, so that so my my new question is going to be, how many number one overall picks do you think you could name? And then also, ever? yeah, ever, been a lot. But oh, i I want to know how many. I want to like know how many you think you could name. Or or we can do well. We can do both actually. Top ten number one overall picks in career war.
0: Huh. I like that one
1: better. I think. Okay, we can do that one. Um. So like ten. Players and there, right. I've got uh, him. Alex Rodriguez. There you go. He is number one. First overall pick in 1993 by the Mariners. 117.6 career WAR, um, outpacing the rest of the competition pretty easily.
0: You know, I think there's a. Ch- oh, no, I'm not gonna go there yet. I mean, before I guess that one, let me go back
1: a little ways. Um, Bryce Harper. There you go. Yes, Harper is sixth, 42.7 career WAR, sixth. and he still has quite a big career left. Probably. Yeah. Um, David Price. David Price, there you go. He is eighth. Drafted in 2007 by the Devil Rays first overall. He has a 39.5. All right. Who am I not thinking of that was a number one pick? This is the pro- uh, Justin Upton. Justin Upton is not top ten. Let me see. He is high up there. He's like 15th. Joe Mauer. There you go, Joe Mauer. Top four, 55.2. First overall pick in 2001 to the Twins.
0: I'm assuming there's nobody more recent, right?
1: There is one more active player in the top ten. Strasburg. Strasburg, not top ten. He is 14th. Uh,
0: He's an active player that was number one overall pick. Active player, number one overall
1: pick. Garrett Cole. Close. He is 12th. Korea, There you go. Carlos Korea right. top 10. He is number 10, first overall in 2012 to the Astros. 36.4 career war. So all guys have 36.4 or higher career wars.
0: Man, it's hard for me to remember going back.
1: <laughs> now, I, you know, it's like I got to go back a ways. There's, let's see, there's one more obvious one. One more obvious one. Another one that... Kind of obvious, I guess.
0: Shipper Jones was number one pick, yes, right? Yes, he was. Okay.
1: 1990, first overall to the Braves, and he is number two, 85.3 career war. Man. I'm
3: just trying to
0: remember who all was number one picks. It's the yeah. tough
1: part. It, like, I'm
0: pretty sure it wasn't Ben McDonald. Griffey was a number one pick, wasn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah, Griffey. He was third. So you have your top four. Griffey was first overall in 1987 to the Mariners. Is it Josh Hamilton? No, not Josh Hamilton. Okay. Let's see. I'm who not sure if I can saying? name you any got other three number. left. Trying to
0: think of—I'm not, of not sure if I can name any other number one picks. This guy, this I mean, guy BJ, was, BJ Surhoff was a number one pick, but I'm pretty sure it ain't. BJ He's 11th. Surhoff. He's 11th. Is he really? Yeah. Holy crap! What a career.
1: Uh, I don't know that I know any other number one. Picks. Uh, let's see. He's on MLB Network all the time. First overall by the White Sox. First overall by the White Sox. In '77. Oh, not not on MLB Network all the time.
0: Oh, you're. I know it just ha- it's, it's Harold Baines yeah. and you confused him with Harold Mel Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize Harold Baines was the number one pick.
1: Nineteen seventy seven and he is ninth. Okay. And then let me see I think of a good hint here for the last two guys. I don't know. Let's see, he played for the Red Sox for a while and then he was with the Dodgers. He was let's see, he was the first overall pick in two thousand to Sox, the Marlins.
0: Dodgers. Not active. No. Adrian Gonzalez. Adrian
1: Gonzalez. He is fifth. Forty three point five career hmm. war. That's number one overall pick. Didn't
0: know he was number one. I mean
1: lastly, nineteen eighty first overall pick, Daryl Strawberry.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Should've said his son played at Maryland. All right. I should have said that, yeah. Very good. All right, Tubular, Tubular brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the place to be for the All-Star Game tonight. Every big event, the place to be is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, 61 self-service kiosks for you to get all of your bets in. And they're open 24-7, so no matter what you're betting on, if you're betting on the Senior British Open this weekend, despite the fact that it's happening early in the morning, you can get your bets in in the FanDuel Sportsbook on those 61 self-service kiosks that are open 24-7. FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Here's what's coming up tonight totally tubular wise. Of course, it's the All-Star game. I Griffin, this is something I'm sure that you will
1: watch. I again, I plan on not watch like I'll probably start it and then you, you last can tell me you what 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 you do is you go down to the live casino uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and you you place your no run first inning bet so you ha- you, you watch uh, the beginning of the game. When, that's when. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then uh, and then you can turn it off and turn on whenever you want.
0: Uh Fox for the All Star Game at eight. Uh Clayton Kershaw starting for the National League because the game's in L.A. There's some like odd Marlins fans are beside themselves that Sandy Alcantara doesn't get to start the All Star Game. Like, dude, God,
1: could imagine being
0: worked up about something so irrelevant. Just do you imagine. Think, uh,
1: do you think we see Jorge Lopez?
0: Uh, they try to get somebody from every team into the game. Yeah. Like that's you know they do. Well, they well, John to. Means didn't. But was yeah, that's right. He didn't get in at all. Did he? No, he didn't. get in And he at was all. the only. Yeah, he was the uh, only. I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll see. Uh, Shane McClanahan, Baltimore native, uh, starts for the American League tonight at eight. Uh, NBA TV, New York Liberty, Connecticut Sun, right now. Then Atlanta Dream, Vegas Aces at ten. CBS Sports Network, Indiana Fever, LA Sparks, ten thirty. ESPN two for coverage of the basketball tournament at seven. And the USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at eight. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, it's hoping. Shark Week. Oh, that's right. It is Shark yeah, Shark Week. Shark Week. When when I know there's something. You? There's something. What are the big highlights from Shark Week this week? I feel like there's something with I Tracy don't know, sharks. No, I feel like it's like Tracy Morgan did oh, really? something because famously he gave us the "I try to live every week like it's Shark Week" line.
1: Uh, sure then. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll, great. I can, I can have something no, more about just, Shark week. just tomorrow. Just Shark Week is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Just Shark Week. Uh, it's the Love Island season four premiere. Ah, you never can't miss that. Only murders in the building, episode five. Okay. Um, I have not a. I, I
0: am not. I by the way, I'm two episodes behind on the boys, and I have not even finished Stranger Things yet because I was you're on. way ahead I of was me. On a boat, so I got a lot of work to do on shows
1: on Paramount Plus. There's a documentary about American Pie, Don McLean's song. Oh, okay. Well, that was just about the making of the song. Well, I, that, guess,
0: I mean, there. This was some anniversary. We had Don McLean on. Oh, really? A few months ago, because this is like the f- whatever anniversary, 50th. Oh, maybe? I That's why It's called head, the 60, day the music whatever. died. Um, yeah, I mean that would make so sense. American Pie documentary. A, a Paramount Plus.
1: Uh, okay. Lisa Kudrow's on Seth Meyers. Michael Sarah's on Jimmy Fallon. What's he plugging? Michael Sarah. I don't know. I, I I found out he's in the Barbie movie, but that's not coming out for a while.
0: Michael Sarah. What is he plugging? Um, he was on that Amy Schumer show that was actually better than it had in business being. And he was being. He, and like on that show, he was the epitome of Michael Sarah. Like he was, he was. Oh my God. But yet it worked. I mean, like that's that's what he does. That's yeah. who that it's literally it's what he's, he's capable. of. Yeah. Oh, he's plugging paws of fury.
1: <laughs> really? Sure,
0: sure. My my kids want to see that. I think that that might be one where I say sorry, we're way too busy this weekend, and then just try to find anything to do.
1: Kiki anything Palmer else? as well on Jimmy Fallon. Nope. Thanks. Oh, was that this week? I, think so, it I believe it is this week? Friday. Okay. All right, yeah. cool.
0: All right, thanks today to uh, Tyler Locklear as well as to Joe Doyle. We'll get that up in the Greatest Hits section of the <laughs> tab at glenclarkradio.com. Uh, hopefully we'll have a show for you again tomorrow. And if we do, hopefully we'll have some guests and some things, and we'll try to improve upon what we gave you today. That's that's the way that will work. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, uh, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, the Costas Inn, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have my sheet in front of me, so I'm just trying to make it up as I go along. Uh, The All-American Lacrosse, Royal Farms, Glory Days Grill. Everybody, thank you. You're great. We love you. Appreciate you. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. No, is that? Yes. Right, Rex. Yeah. Correct. At Rexpex Ryan for Ryan. Thanks to him at Glenn Clark Radio for us. Ha- on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great Tuesday evening. Um, Go nobody. Duke sucks. Go, go Jorge Lopez. Sure, fine. No run, first inning. Okay, because you might got a (laughs) bet. Go.